0: Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by celery. The show that is breathing a huge sigh of relief. It was a brilliant day out at Stamford Bridge on Saturday, as ever. Uh, caught up with all the usual suspects at the cock, drank too much, and also had the pleasure of meeting Frankie, Sarah, Eddie and Teresa all over from the Emerald Isle. And then the football. Same shit, different day. Can't defend, can't score, mystifying subs and a general cluelessness in terms of style or pattern of play. The minute that Villa went 1-0 up, thanks to some Keystone cops defending by Messrs Kukurella and Bally, you just knew that would basically be it. The lovely Justin Hawthorne from Oop the Villa and I called it on Friday's preview show. And if we could see it, then why the bloody hell couldn't Potter? In fact, Potter himself compounded it by playing one of the world's best wing-backs as a right centre-back and Loftus-Cheek as a wing-back. Genius, mate. Hindsight revealed some 24 hours later that this team selection was most probably a resignation letter in itself. As finally, Boley and Co. came to their senses and realised the humongous error they had made in appointing a manager so patently out of his depth and Potter left the club. Now, on a human level, I feel for Potter. It's never nice to get the tin tack and basically fail. God knows I've been there plenty of times. He is, by all accounts, a very nice and decent man, and I genuinely wish him all the best for the future. But the fact remains, he should never have been appointed as a Chelsea manager, and this was an experiment which was doomed to failure. A decent manager should be able to get a tune out of these players. Sadly, Potter could not. Much of that blame should go to Boley Co, who, since their arrival, have been hell-bent on de-romanising the club, destabilising the club with constant and universal change. Sacked Tuchel, a proven winner who got Chelsea. Okay, I know there were other issues. Spunked six hundred million on players on extremely long contracts, which may have FFP issues down the line. Not bought a goalkeeper a defensive midfielder or a striker, not got rid of the dead weight, uh yeah, I mean, blimey, we could go on all night about that, appointed and now sacked Potter and have yet to resolve the Mason Mount contract issue. Not a good start. They need to have a long look at themselves, realise that not everything at the club was as broken as they suggested, get a grip and start getting the important decisions right. If they do not... I genuinely fear for the future of Chelsea. And the name of tonight's show, which I have to state, was first purloined by one of our own, the wonderful Martin Wickham, and then was nicked by Henry Winter, and then nicked again by Barney Roney of The Guardian. They have no scruples, these journalists. No shame. Martin should sue. Anyway, the the title of this show could only be End of an Error. Chelsea fancast number nine hundred and eighty-one. Good evening, or should I say, good evening, J.K. Uh,
2: I'm looking a bit like Marty Feldman, aren't I, in uh, Young Frankenstein? Uh, I your
0: eyes, your eyes are your eyes aren't offside. No,
2: no that's, that's true. true. That's <laughs> true. Not allowed to say that, I'll be anymore? Um, great to be on the show, Chidge. Great to be. Uh, obviously, we're going to talk about the match, where he, he as you say, he rather. Beat You're rather team. jolly tonight, mate. I, I wonder why, Chidge. Why do you, why do you think that might be? Why do you think that might be? I cannot tell you when I was informed, the joy that it was, it was all out of proportion to anything I I thought I'd experienced, but I just went, for fuck's sake, yes. Yes. Wow. I was absolutely overjoyed by knowing that he'd gone. And it made me realise that I'd somehow been going along with this business of, well, we've got to accept the process. And, yeah, he'll be there for the whole of the season. We'll just have to put up with it. But the fact we now get I mean, it'll be another adventure, won't it? Who, Depending on who they they uh, they put in the hot seat. But um, it was it was. It was a great moment. And I actually phoned a mate up to say, is this, this a, a late April fools or something? Have I got this completely wrong? And he said, no, no, he's gone. Then I looked at the club statement, which was decidedly sparse. Um, uh, and uh, I just thought, wow, this is this is fantastic. I love it. it it's exactly the right thing to do. It's 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 late it should have happened ages ago. But after the weekend, when he was booed, was uh, there was you don't know what you're doing. and. Um, the whole of the ground joined in with your getting sacked in the morning, I thought there's, there's got to be some impact here. And when the team selection was so hopeless yep, yep. Uh, that, you know, we're going to go on to that. I know, but you know, we're going to go on to that. But I have to give you the sting of it first, Chinch. I'm not going to go on about that, but I have to give you this moment because I am elated, as you know, by the whole experience of him going. Yes. Right. Yes, Who have we got on, on the, the show then? Uh, um, I don't care. It's okay, not I'll
0: about
2: do it's it. then. Not... <laughs> no, no, no. I... No, don't do it. You're in a techie mood tonight. No, I'm What's not. I just want to issue? get on the
0: fucking show. You're techie.
2: Oh, great! You never let me. Normally, you let me ever go. Normally, you let me carry on a bit. But yes, okay, all right, all right. Um, let's pause now. Chidge is looking upset now. Oh God! It Takes no, a lot it's...
0: more than that to upset me, J.K. Oh, well, to... All right,
2: pensive. We have. Oh, he's just waiting. Oh, okay. Anyway, we have the completely. Brilliant, excellent. Who appears to be absolute regular on the show at the moment? He's on every, all the time. So, can we just have the three of us on now from now on? It'll be be Tony Glover, the great Tony Glover. He's on again. Whoop!
1: Hey, I don't come on for six or seven shows and then two two in the same week. God,
2: gonna be three. Hey. You want again next Friday? Because it'll be like buses. I've
1: no idea. And, <laughs> I haven't but, done the uh, schedule
0: yet.
1: Yeah, um, uh, but yeah, well, I'm you know Chidge knows I'm always available. i you know I might as well be dressed like a hooker underneath a lamppost
2: is that is that a a, a fantasy
1: Um, uh, yeah <laughs> i can't commit <laughs> myself to that can i
0: <laughs> and jk
2: we have a, a fourth uh, a third do guest tonight we no second guest considering we're normally on it who uh, which is a rarity recently because we've only been having one guest and it is uh and it's it's very good good fun to see him on here when he should have been on earlier than this it is um he has some very good views on the, the blues it is of course uh filmmaker Uh, musician, um, long-time Chelsea fan, darts player. I'm looking at your background there. Um, (laughs) Huge CFC fan and, of course, qualified ref. And this is where we might have an interesting series of discussions about Madley's performance yesterday. It is, of course, Mr. Paul Crowder.
3: Known to many. Sorry, go on, Paul. Yes, no, it's lovely to be back. It's great to be on uh, on the show again. The last time I was on the show, it was in a pub. Oh, actually, no, in no.
0: The I was trying to think about this actually because you've been on at least three times to my knowledge, yeah, right? I think you, you could... yeah, you oh. can you kept well. You were, I I don't know whether the first show you were on was when I did one in LA,
3: uh, yeah, you did, that's right. You came over to LA and uh, Steve, what's name was uh, Steve Cohen, yeah, uh, was was uh, there. We did it in the pub in uh, Fox and Hounds, the, yeah, yeah, and then um. And then but before that the very first like your first season I think of of it when you were in the pub there on uh... Putney Putney yeah, I think that was the first. Time so that I was the on. first, was it? Yeah, that was the very first and then uh and then when you moved to the studio and you had the in-house studio you used to have the benches and everything. And yeah, uh Yeah, but that was know.
0: when that was when you you uh one was just coming out, wasn't it? Well,
3: yeah, when the Formula One film came out around then, yeah. Yeah. And uh it, so, it, yeah. so the first time I did it we did uh was on the back of the once in a lifetime film about the New York Cosmos. That's right. That's
0: right. Yeah. So uh you should tell the listener, you because you know, I, I know you you're, you're very lovely and humble and you hide your light under a bushel a bit, but you've done some phenomenal work, mate. Some phenomenal work. Yeah, just give yes. us a quick flavour of what
3: you've done. Um, well, I mean, my early career—I was in, I was on the David Essex showcase when I was 18 on BBC, which was great with a band called Philip Jap, and that was fantastic. Um, then joined the Adventures, had a couple of hits, and my heart broken down. We did Top of the Pops, so I got to tick that off the list. Plus, I played every place I ever wanted to play on those tours. We toured with Tears for Fears and stuff. And then I moved to LA in '89 on the back of that, and uh somehow ended up editing just as the transition of digital to uh from tape to digital and i just rode the the technical changes and i was all in and i suddenly went from this to that i met stacy corralto i did dogtown and z boys and we went to sundance it was a massive hit i did riding giants on the back of that which uh won me my first uh, eddie award and then i got to do the who film i got to do a formula one film a billy joel film uh, worked. I did the Ron Howard movie, The Beatles, Eight Days a Week, Pavarotti with him, um, Sound City with Dave Grohl was another big, huge, great, fun film, so much fun to play, all that music and to meet all those people during that. Um, and my dad worked for Paul McCartney. You know, When I was nine, he started working for Paul McCartney until he passed in 2004. So Paul and I are good buddies um, and uh, it's always nice to check in with him. And so... I'm uh, currently working on. I just directed a Blue Angels movie that's coming out this year on IMAX, um, which is uh, the kind of the equivalent of the Red Arrows. Those who don't know, those in America will be very familiar, I'm sure. And uh, working again with Ron Howard on a film about Jim Henson. So. Been a good yeah. You're run. busy. You're a
0: busy boy, and you're in a band as well. I mean, you were in a band years ago. The Adventures, which was my wife's yeah. favorite band, as I always tell you. But you're in a, you're in a what a, a, a pop punk band, isn't it?
3: Yeah, the uh, band called the Automatics that uh, had their first hits in 1977, produced by Steve Lillywhite. And uh, Dave Philp has kept the thing going. Has got some fantastic albums. An album we brought out in 2004, I think it was called Britannia, which is just brilliant. It's all about England. He's very patriotic, but he's a fantastic lyricist and his lyrics are just amazing and great melodies and really pop and we just, we still play, we've got another album coming out and- uh, What do you play, uh, Paul? I'm a, I'm a drummer, there's a, there's a drum kit back there, There's one of them. Uh, um, You're a uh, Yeah, and uh, I just did in, when Pinups came out in 1970, so I was a drummer even then, like in 73, whenever that came out and I thought to myself, I can't write songs uh, and then Pin Ups came out, it's like, oh my God, these are all covers. I could do that. <laughs> so, uh, forty years later, when COVID hit, I started. I went to the studio, laid down a bunch of tracks, and I'm doing Pinups Two. I'm going to call it, and it's coming out this year on blue vinyl. I'm going to do what you did, John. I'm going to do like fifty records, and they'll probably stay in the garage. <laughs> uh, Listen, vinyl. people. I mean, we're,
0: I Sorry mean, to I, on. no, no. I people needed to hear that because, of course, the other thing that pulled is famous for in our in our small community of being the, the rantiest person on discord um i just wanted you to all know what a lovely chap this man is you see i've known paul for a long time in fact pretty he was one of our first guests when we started and then we go back away and paul is is absolutely delightful delightful company but like all of us he gets crabby yes. when chelsea are shit <laughs> so
3: <laughs> you know Honest. um And the worst thing for us here, like living on the West Coast, anybody in America—I mean, even if the East Coast—but you wake up Saturday morning and you watch that every Saturday this year. My wife's just beside herself. Oh God, there goes the weekend. (laughs) She just—it's done. It's like from seven a.m. nine o'clock in the morning Saturday. Weekend's done. There we go.
0: Well, yeah. uh, Tony and I are clearly in the minority that tonight we've got, we've got, you know, musicians, uh, film people. I mean, Tony, we, we should just jack it in and go home and leave it to these teachers. I, I feel like it. I know, I, I know. Feel
1: like it. I just want to say that I, I'm in Nixler and, and there's a lot of love for Paul in there at the moment. Oh, uh, bless and you, And I am the one that's gone in there and said, Broken Land is a fucking epic tune. Right? Okay. That I, I, I will always say that. And, and I've watched... Pretty much all of it. In fact, I think we had we had some dialogue a few weeks back because the BBC on BBC Four showed the Pavarotti film, which is right. incredibly moving. It, at right. the end of it, it's just like heartbreakingly good. Um, yeah, it's because You know, whether it's your music or not, it, it's just a fabulous, fabulous story. And uh, and so I'm not trying to go blowing smoke up Paul's ass, but if you get a chance to catch any of these works, the Who film. Honestly, they are absolutely brilliant, and it's a. I, I'm I'm a bit starstruck. So, you know, and this is a bloke, and I'm, I'm talking to a bloke I generally disagree with. <laughs> there we go. Oh, Chelsea matters. <laughs>
3: oh, honestly, when I've been, uh, I sit here and listen to the podcast. I'm like, no, Tony, no, Tony. I know, I, mean,
0: I see it, in Mixler. It's hilarious. But uh, there yeah. you go. We're gonna have some fun tonight. That is for sure. Now, as ever, don't forget you can listen to the show live. I very good. Every Monday and Friday at 7.30pm by going to Mixler, which is chelsea fancast.mixler.com where, of course, you can join in all the chat by posting on the live chat page, as so many of you lovely people do. Look, good. there's a good... Uh, Good mob in tonight. I can see already. So, one well, is loads of. Yeah, you see, whenever there's a crisis at Chelsea, our figures go up. I have no idea <laughs> why. Anyway, you can also follow us. Yeah, we get five people listening as opposed to two, basically. Yeah, you can also follow us on all the socials at Chelsea Fancast. We can uh, you, where you can listen and subscribe on Acast, Spotify, Apple, and all good podcast platforms. And make sure you leave us a glowing five star review, or I'll send the lads round. Right, we're going to come back in a minute, and uh, we're going to be talking. All things Chelsea, Villa and Potter going bye-bye. Okay, back in a minute. Go. I mean, I think. I mean, it was. It was. It was just. It was bewildering. Um. I mean, J.K. You know, you and I have a good debate on a Friday, don't we? About about my uh, team selection, etc., etc., etc. And we did actually mention he might do it. Might be stupid. Yeah, we, we mentioned that yeah. he might play cheek. Yeah. We did as an option.
2: Uh, we got mudrick right, but even that was a suggestion because we thought he might. Uh, yeah. He might feel a sick on, but yeah it was it was the worst possible uh, you know in your nightmares when you just see them lining up like that because cheek is not a wing back and he's only been playing wing back because um Reece James has been injured so please when Rhys James is fit i mean people were actually were saying oh he's he's a, he's not quite fit so he's resting him was a don't play something. him then exactly but also how can you rest somebody when you play them center half all he's doing is heading the ball and he involved in an unbelievably crunching tackle right in front of me early on in the first half. So I thought, well, you know, there's he's, he's, there's nothing wrong with him. It was completely tactical. And on the, the, his last press conference, he said it was, he said it was to do with the passing channels and it immediately lost me. I thought we're on a different planet with this manager. The fact that he somehow can think that it's worth, worth um, sacrificing one of the best wingbacks backs for passing channels, when, of course, so many chances went down the right-hand side and Cheek was found wanting. And he has failed in seven months to make Cheek into a better player. I'm sorry. I don't think with the aspirations the club should have, the elite aspirations, we're an elite top club in the world, we should keep playing Cheek. And the trouble is that's part of his philosophy, Potter, of trying to make players better. I don't think we've succeeded with anybody. They've just been absolutely static. And he's had a huge amount of time because we've been out of all the cup competitions and and not involved in things. So we've had weeks and weeks and there hasn't been any improvement. In fact, they've gone backwards. And as you said, Chidge, there's a great possibility of that. Perhaps he was going, I think I want to be out of this. And we don't know well, what yeah. went. Do you know what? The
0: I mean, chat, you know, it, it reminds me, you know, JK Antony and Paul, all of you really. I mean, I think it was proof he'd lost the plot, but it reminded me of the madness of Ranieri against Monaco in the semi in yes, 2003. Yes, yes. It had that kind of... And he and we we said about Ranieri in those days, Tony, didn't we? He was a dead man walking. Everybody he knew was. it. Yeah. Uh,
2: Abramovich was interviewing Mourinho and his yacht in Monaco Harbour. He heard, though, Chidge. In his book, Ranieri says he heard all about that yeah. in his book. And he deliberately went out to prove everybody wrong by putting the... First semi-final tie out of the way by winning it easily, mm-hmm. and that's when he put put um, what's his face. LeBron
0: played and hasselbank Perron came and on as right back. Line. Yeah, fucking yeah. mad. So Tony, there was a bit of that. It, 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 for me, it was proof he'd lost the plot basically. A man. I mean, and as I said, I'm I'm going to stand with this. You know, I do I do have a heart. I do feel for Potter. I think I, you know, we we've been saying he's been ill-equipped to do the job. He's out of his depth, and I think the pressure must have got to him because that was just nuts, wasn't it?
1: I think so. I think when you look at it and I uh, you know I mean I think I said in in our fan cart in the WhatsApp group um that he's pretty much pissed on my fireways because I've i swung from being pro potter in the last few months. I think at the Fulham nil nil, the most dismal dismal fucking game I've been to in god knows how long. It was, it was Sari. pathetically bad. Huh? Since Sarri. Yeah, since Sarri, yeah um but Potterball was Potterball was sorry ball without any kind of end result or any progress on any players well, without even
0: hazard too
1: yeah and I think the, like the I, I sort of then I moved into the to the magic ratio of 52 to 48 um you know of Potter out um and we all know that 52 48 is what the British decide anything on and um uh and then I think the Southampton game was just like you know bloody hell but that on Saturday was dreadful. Uh, there wasn't a single player on our team that I felt would have got any plaudits from me at all. But all all of Potter's body language, even before the game, and then especially after, I was in the back of the car on the way home. Uh, and I, I, I don't normally swear in front of my friend's wife because she's quite posh, you know. Um, but I was effing and blinding because I, I was listening to it thinking, mate, no one gives a shit about the stats. The only stat that's that counts, You know, if we cared about stats, we would never have enjoyed the Mourinho, you know, us scoring a goal out right of two minutes and then shutting up shop shot for the, the AEA after. Because we knew we'd win. We knew that no one would ever come back at us. And on Saturday, I mean, I'll, I'll admit this now, I left on 84 minutes. I never leave early. I thought
0: about it at half time.
1: Yeah. But uh, I didn't but go. I, I, stay, so... I
0: stayed to the bitter end, mate.
1: Yeah, but I was so hacked off with what I was seeing. Absolute uh, uh, eleven headless chickens out on the pitch, uh, a group of headless chickens on the on the side in in the, in the dugout. Uh, I couldn't in that last five minutes see us even getting a shot on goal, let alone getting a goal, let alone two goals to even get a a shabby draw out of a game that. Let's be fair, we did dominate. I, I get Potter's point about the fact that we had the stats on our side and all this, but it was it was tippy tappy, ass gravy football. Um, and when I tweeted that, I got a 24-hour ban from Twitter. For for, <laughs> for what? But, uh, well, they said I was using threatening behaviour. All I said was Potter's got to go because his football was arse gravy. The team played arse gravy. It was utter wank. And, and, and honestly, I'd have been better off staying in the pub. And was I got that, the what, usual wanking and all that shit. That but anyway, wank, the point I'm wank, trying to was was make is... Was that
2: one wank speak. too far, Tony?
1: Yes. I think, actually, Potter's body language, I think he knew. Do you remember the day before Frank got the sack? Yeah. I think he played a couple of... It, they, they, It's like I think they know, um, and that's their, it's almost a managerial thing where they do something mad like Rubens yeah. off his cheek, who I don't think is good enough for us anyway. He'd be one of the first ones I'm booting out the door in the summer, um, playing uh, uh, on the right wing. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Reese James looked bereft in the position he was in, completely uninfluential in any way. Cucurella, fuck off, right? <laughs> that's all I can say about him right go and get your hair cut, son and get a proper job in an office or something right because <laughs> you you ain't a footballer um and i just i i i'm coming round to this idea that after that game potter had basically signed his own resignation letter yeah. i think something must have gone on there um to to nudge the board into you know, it's having a shame
0: having we didn't contact. get a Kevin Keegan in the tunnel moment, really, isn't it?
1: it? I suppose it is. But he's that sort of bloke. And I'm like you, I, I As a human being, I'm sure he's a really decent bloke. Yeah, so I I've got no doubt about that. But, um, you know, and I'm, I'll be the first one to hold my hand up and say, I, I got this one wrong. I thought he had the talent. I thought he was going to be a bright future for us. Um, and it just shows that we've all said, chips. most of us fans know absolutely nothing about football. And there's the proof, because I thought Potter would be okay. And while Paul Crowder, bless him, was from day one going, this bloke's not good enough, he's got to go. <laughs> well,
0: there we go. Well, yeah. no, fair enough. I mean, Paul, I know I know you're itching to comment on all of this. I've got, a, I've got another question for you as well, actually, because, you know, it's, it's sliding doors moments and all of that kind of thing. And I know we could talk about luck and all the rest of it, but we were 1-0 down when Chilwell scored a, a really good header, that got chalked off for some reason, which I know you and J.K. are probably going to explain to me in a minute, because um, because uh, the odious Ashley Young did a half pike in the penalty area because will apparently pushed him in the back. Now, I'd love to know what you, you two both think about that refereeing decision. But, I mean, you know, that goes in. It's a different
3: game, isn't it? I mean, I don't know, you know what J.K. thinks of it. Look, uh, Mount got absolutely climbed all over for a goal like two, three weeks ago, and the goal stood. It, wasn't, it didn't even come up, you know? So consistency, which is what JK's always going on about with the refereeing, is just at a, a crazy all-time low. I don't trust it. I real I I have this huge... Um, I'll be 100% certain that the the game's 100% corrupt because there's so much money in it. I wouldn't be surprised if there are envelopes flying around in the VAR room. That just gives it and makes it a little bit easier. But I can see why it was given as a foul. I can see a referee that's inexperienced like this guy is. He's still new to it, not gathering that Ashley Young, a very experienced guy, is taking that nudge he felt in the back to fall. Uh, you know, to make the most of it and make it look much worse than it was because all he did was what anybody does jump in I've got a guy in front of me you just touch him off a little bit and make your header and he's felt that and he's
2: played for it and he knows it because he knows he's beat too Callan Wilson did the same thing Paul in the in the uh, the Manchester game exactly the same thing little right. nudge of the player and and that player didn't go over so consequently nothing happened right. I mean, to be to be fair to the ref sorry to interrupt' but to be very fair to the ref he was on he was there. You know, my, one of my big criticisms is they make decisions from thirty-five yards away. In this instance, he's a fit, fit youngster in comparison to some of the others. He was there, but as you say, inexperience. Con, do you think he would know, if it's Ashley young, what exactly is going on at the time? Because he flung himself. Well, yeah. The degree of flinging yourself, surely you would appreciate the idiocy of going with that. It was so yeah, obviously, yeah. you know, that's what I despair about. And he, he, um, he, he didn't brook any kind of. Um, criticism of his any decision he was making on the pitch it was he, he wouldn't have anything to do with the time wasting which once again is just uh, um, um, risible beyond belief but apparently next year I didn't even know they stopped doing it they are going to implement the law about the six seconds the goalkeeper has to take um, and they're going to give the yellow card and have the indirect free kick in the area, which is they're supposed to do anyway. They haven't been doing it deliberately because I've always been complaining about that. Apparently, they have they deliberately not been doing it. Why? I, I've no idea. And also the thing that Pickford does with great joy all the time, which is towards the end of the game, he gets it and falls forward onto the ground. Yeah, that is now going to be penalised. They're actually finally doing it. But the same way, they've got to add on proper time. It's so simple. They add on proper time for everything that's gone on. People will stop time wasting. If you add it all on, he gave five minutes. Like they there did was it in a the World Cup. Substitute. Yeah, World yeah, Cup. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It was great in the World Cup. Not this, well, Somehow, somewhere, somebody has well, said, you, 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 Howard sorry, Webb has said, no, it's not happening. Sorry
0: to butt in, but they started doing it in the World Cup and then they stopped. Why did they stop? Because the TV yeah. companies clearly didn't like it.
2: Yes, yes. You're Wankers. absolutely
3: right. Costing them advertising money because they weren't getting to the ads in time. And yes. you know, you've got to put them in before and after the midday, you know, the hour mark, whatever. Anyway, yes. Tail wagging so the like, fucking dog,
2: mate. Sin bins and a, a timekeeper should should be uh, impressed upon the whole thing. And, uh, and cattle prods. And cattle prods, yeah. And and, uh, and people being <laughs> pelted with tomatoes in, uh, in the stocks on <laughs> <by> the side <laughs> if they've been crap.
3: I'm all but, for you that. know, it, he gives the foul straight away. So now VAR can't overturn. Well, have to has to be a clear and obvious error. Yes. Yes. What I, what really, if I was that ref, and I that looked like a foul, I'd ask the guy, me, should I look at this again because it looked like a foul? But you know, with, or, or am I being card? I'd like to double check that. And that it's a goal for God's sake. It's not. You know, this yeah. is a very important moment in any game when a goal is scored. Make sure you get those calls right and,
2: and consistent. A mania, though, That to me, that's yeah. I, I'm in charge, that whole thing no, 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 no yes. I'm in charge, I make the decisions actually, yeah, yeah. no, you've got somebody looking at the video camera here
1: well, they're be... not working as a team in not, uh, no, no, no,
2: no, I mean, but, look, whatever the, the, the why falls and the where
0: falls of bloody madly um, I mean, Tony, do you, th- do you think if that goal had gone in, it would have made a difference to what happened?
1: I think it would have been a draw I think it would have given us a little bit of a lift <laughs> <coughs> Um, you, look, we were talking in the pub, you and me and Nathan and, and the others about, about our, our un, unswerving ability to give away goals from unforced errors, right? And then Cucurella plays an absolute fucking hospital header back, right? And I'm all, all you can do, you must have been sitting there, I mean, all you can do is think, I hope Ollie Watkins fucks this up. But of course, he's having a good season, so no way was he going to fuck it up. Right, I'm surprised people didn't blame Kepper for not having an extra fucking six <laughs> inches of height or whatever to stop it because it was a lovely finish. Oh
0: mate, he was sold down the river, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, uh, and then for the second goal, it was <sighs> look. It a low XG. Goal... I'm, I'm surprised they
3: scored there. Really.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but, they, but and, and honestly, Paul, don't get me started on XG. i I've got a soapbox that makes me about seven foot tall when I start talking about that. But I. The second goal, look, it was a fantastic strike. But from a needlessly given away corner, OK? And again, it's this malaise that, that come across the whole team. And I think that's the that was the issue with Potter. You know, I, I I, I think Tuchel, I think Mourinho, I think possibly less so Carlo because he's such a gent or whatever. They had a fear factor, right, on the side. Klopp's got it. I think, and I think Pep, to a degree, has got a much more sinister fear factor. In that he he's got a much more subtle way of saying you fucked up there, son, and you're going to pay for that at some point. And Potter just doesn't have it. Uh, and him and Billy Reid just looked bereft of any ideas. The substitutions didn't work. The I mean, Cante come on and did nothing. I wasn't no. expecting him to do. I you mean, played him at centre forward, I, Tony. I, I played. I, Play walking football, JK, as you know. I've not played for three weeks and I went and had a game tonight, and I was blowing out of my arse after 10 minutes. Walking football, for fuck's sake, right? But, hey, come on. I don't think he knew what he was supposed to do. He should have scored because he, he pushed one past the post, I think, or whatever. Um, but Kai Havertz, he was guilty of missing the, the mudrick shot. I mean, I'm not being funny here. Um, I know I'm being old-fashioned here, but put your fucking laces through it, son. Don't eighty nine million quid's worth of powder puff,
3: yeah. Pass it, pass it to
1: Havertz, <laughs> yeah, or do that, Paul. You're right, exactly, and and it just seems to be a, a general malaise of the team that is missing. I think if we'd scored that goal, we would have got a draw, because I think it would have given us a false lift, if you like, for want of a better phrase. Yeah, um, and it was it was. I I think the referee got it completely wrong. I totally agree with JK. Uh, oh my god, again. But Callum Wilson scored uh, that goal yesterday for Newcastle with exactly the same tiny... Listen, if you're going to start penalising players for a little shove and a little push here, then you're, you're going to ruin the game. And I, the thing I despair about, VAR, in principle I agree with it, but it seems to be there to take the joy out of the game, right? Why do they need to VAR every single goal? They just don't, right? They could have just said... Look, yeah, it was a slight infringement at best, and actually, I think the referee would have done better walking over Ashley Young and saying, "Get up, you tart." Yeah, well, not for, the, not for the
0: first time. Not for the no. first time.
1: Well, he's he's got he's got some form on that anyway.
2: Yeah, can, can I just briefly talk about the corner? Is that okay? The the corner that we gave away was the tenth corner that they've had a goal scored off in the season, which is ridiculous. When what's Anthony Barry been doing? But um, um, I just thought talking about Bayern Munich, mate. Yeah, yeah, probably he's been turned (laughs) since Tuchel, you know, probably had wind of what was happening. But um, uh, it it was, if you looked at it, it was a very bad corner that was just played, or whether it was a training ground one, played sideways and then hit across the penalty area. And McGinn is completely on his own. There is nobody in the team who has thought, thought, I'll come out. He's the only player unmarked available here. I'll come out to not even to mark him, just to give him no room, just to come out. And it's poor old Mudrick, who isn't the the most brave of people, who then leaps in the air because he's miles away from it because he's not on top of him to actually make the block. And it's a decent shot, but it goes through. You know, then people were saying, oh, it's the so many goals that was on match today, wasn't it? That that Kepper has has conceded from outside the penalty area. But to be fair to him, it was swerving and it came out of of a group of players and he couldn't see it. But the very fact that that McGinn gets an opportunity when the ball has been passed from the edge of the pe- side of the penalty area. So it's come about 20, 30 yards and nobody has been, has been there. They all fell asleep. How on earth can a team like that, an elite team, fall asleep if they're not doing any kind of divide of what they're doing? It was something they're not used to. I don't know. It was absolutely unforgivable and typical of this team under this manager.
0: Cretinous, mate, wasn't it? I mean who knows whether I mean it's an interesting point actually Paul had, had we had Chilwell scored had we drawn had we scored from one of the 27 efforts we had oh, do, do you think do you think we'd still just be moaning about Potter uh you know looking forward to well not looking forward to the game tomorrow because we've got Potter in charge or, or do you think do, you know it's really difficult to kind of assess isn't it because we all know we all know that he had to go we all know that he shouldn't have been really appointed. We we know that he should have gone either after Newcastle before the World Cup or after losing to Southampton at home, a, a team who are bottom. You know, we know that he should have gone before. But all everybody's been saying, oh, he ain't going anywhere. No, no, this is part of the process. You might not like it, but Bowley's sticking to his guns here. He's staying. And something, something changed. I would love to know what changed.
3: Well, I... Th- My personal feeling is uh, twofold. I saw it in Bowley. There was a couple of videos that were online. Somebody caught him in the street outside Stamford Bridge. There was one on Sky where he walked past and you could tell from his demeanour that he wasn't a happy man with Potter. And I think the idea that they wanted to keep him. I think what happened is that the loss on Saturday triggered a performance clause. And it probably, and that's probably defined. Now we can get rid of him. We don't have to pay out his contract. And I think potentially waiting to see if that would happen. Um, I think a draw probably would have still. I, I think he's gone with a draw. Just, I mean, they all. I, and the biggest, biggest factor was was the end. You're getting sacked in the morning. I don't think they quite understood. I think they reacted immensely to the fact that the whole stadium were done, and I. I I don't think that's um, maybe something they probably considered when they made the decision to bring Potter in yeah. and get rid of two.
1: I think with, with Shearer and Murphy on Match of the Day last night or, or that night, actually called that, and I think Murphy said that once you've lost that crowd, right, you could go on a winning streak of three or four games and get them back. But the next time you lose, it's back again. It's right. almost it's an impossible job to recover that loss of goodwill, if you like, on that. Uh, faith that, you know, the the crowd, the manager is the link between the crowd, the fans and and the team and the board, obviously, you know. But, um, you know, when I honestly staggeringly could not believe that he said the boys gave everything, I was like, you know, for God's sake. But it was that bit when he said, when you look at the stats, apart from the important one. Yeah, there's only
3: one stat that matters in anything. This XG stuff, you know, the problem with XG is it doesn't take into account that this guy's had a bad morning or he's got a bad tummy or he's not feeling it or he just switched off for a minute. XG doesn't take into that factor. That XG works on everybody playing at their potential. So uh, that's why that's politics. But honestly, I just... The whole thing's... um, a mess with the team, it's confidence, right? You score those chances because you're confident, because you believe, because you really are bought into the pro- programme. You know it's working. Everybody feels good about everything. I don't ever feel like they ever felt good about everything. And I think the biggest thing that Todd Bowley did wrong, apart from sacking Tuchel, because that's ridiculous. When you look at him and you think, you know, out of the top five managers in the world, he's got to be that one of them, Right. You make that work, but le- that's another conversation. In upending the entire Tobham Stamford Bridge staff from top to bottom, making it unrecognizable to everybody who had been there coming into work every day. Now I don't know anybody, and nobody was here when we won anything. So nobody here has that winning mentality that we're that there's we're a winnable club. That's gone from the club. The, Melt has been at that club for how long? Everybody he knew has gone. No wonder he's a mess. And he loved working with Tuchel. And now I've got this guy. And if if certain rumors are to be heard, it was chalk and cheese as far as tactical preparation and everything. How on earth? I I really fear, like you, Chich, for our future, because I really don't think these guys have a clue. I don't think they've come in with a really sensible move. You don't change everything. You do it in steps. Look what Roma did. He kept Ro- Ranieri in there. He kept a whole bunch of people in there. So it stayed calm for a minute and then made the changes as he needed to. Put Kenyon and a, a couple of great people upstairs, got it moving forward, bought players and made it work. And then obviously the Mourinho thing. I think he did it well with, with getting rid of the physios, the relationships these players have with their physios. They're like brothers and sisters. They know everything about them, what makes them tick, why they're going to get injured and when not to do, don't do this, how to do that. That guy's gone. Now I've got a whole...
0: Dave, Dave, your mate's physio.
3: Right. I can't understand that. Who makes a decision like that? And and so, again, with all those decisions, we're supposed to trust the process. You're going to... I mean, for the first time ever, I agreed with Jamie Carragher. Like, you don't sack Tuchel and replace with Potter. You just...
0: There are off-the-field things which they reckon made that very difficult to not do. Uh, JK, you've been
2: waiting patiently. Well, I, I just wanted to say that um, there was a story I heard that, in fact, he hadn't been sacked by Bowley, that it was some um, Stuart and Winstanley. Yeah, it the It sounds
0: the, like a legal firm, doesn't it? Stuart and Winstanley. <laughs> yes, it
2: does. But if they're, <laughs> just if right. they're the stats... No, that they're <laughs> they
3: <won. laughs> they're The guys that produced the madness records. <laughs> that was Alan Stanley. Though. It
2: was, yeah. it was. You know, but um, uh, if if they're and they're very stats driven, aren't they? They're stats gurus. Perhaps did they look some... at the
3: stats? Do
0: they? or if they look. Can I just put them very quickly? I wonder if they looked at these <laughs> stats, J.K. One win versus current top ten, which was Aston Villa managed by Gerrard. Zero wins against the top eight. Two wins in eight games against teams from London, both Crystal Palace. Three away wins in the league. 64 changes to the team in his first 15 Premier League games. 28 points in 22 league games. Knocked out of both the FA Cup and League Cup at the third round for the first time since the 83-84 season. 21 goals scored in 22 league matches. Goal difference of now minus one. It was naught when this was written. Four points taken from a possible nine against the current bottom three. I wonder if they looked at those stats, JK.
2: (laughs) The other one is um, uh, 11 home games and... uh, um, uh four home defeats in that comparable comparable with Mourinho 106 home games five <laughs> defeats <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man alive it's crazy isn't it do you know listen i have got some good quotes actually i i've I've half inched this from a uh, combination of the athletic and uh, ben jacobs uh and they are actually i've, I've done to just... no i'm not going to say that it's rude uh the chelsea hierarchy is from the athletic the Chelsea bears out Tony's point and Paul's point, actually, really, and 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 to be honest, Paul, just to go back to where we were when you were talking about it, there was an absolute feeling around the entire stadium, everybody in there, we're done, you know. It was a collective. You know what they did in the in the gladiatorial uh, coliseum, thumbs down, mate. It really, it was that kind of a moment. Anyway, the Chelsea hierarchy were taken aback by the level of anger football fans express when things go awry. At best, they had not planned for that. And at worst, they underestimated the strength of feeling. Now, I I seem to recall, JK, before Bowley was appointed, and I said this about the Americans, I said, the thing about the Yanks, bless them, they they have no idea about how passionate and angry we get if you fuck with our football club and you fuck with our chi about our football club. Do you remember me saying that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they found out. Fuck around and find out. You found out on Saturday. Anyway, um, the you other could thing have got worse, Chidge. That I thought
2: that was minor in comparison.
0: Oh, I, there's nothing, there's nothing compared to what we dished out yeah. to Benitez when he fucking arrived. Oh, let let, let yeah. Brentford away in the cup. Oh, I'm, I'm on the YouTube clip of that going.
1: Somebody had
2: the um, somebody has the, uh, the cheek on some program I was watching to say Benitez is now linked with the club.
1: Oh no, we no, we no, be a riot. There'll He's be in the Leicester frame,
2: isn't he? I think. And Leicester as well, but no, it was specific as well. Chelsea and Leicester. And
1: Leicester! And
2: Leicester.
0: <laughs> They'll be a bloody riot, mate. Couple of other good quotes. Sorry, Tony, I know you wanted to come in. Uh it feels like the foot it feels like football brains within the club ultimately convinced the visionaries and strategists with an argument that the now was more important to address than the future. That's why Potter being judged on years, not games, changed in the space of six weeks, bearing out what you were saying. Potter just wasn't seen as authoritative or consistent enough in how he managed the team, despite being respected as a tactician. I questioned the last bit to myself, but there you go. Yeah, yeah. Tony, you wanted to come in, mate.
1: No, my point was, I think, yeah, I, and this is where Paul and I have, have disagreed in the past. You know that that we we can view large parts of the Roman Empire as being, you know, absolutely fantastic and perfect. His, his appointments for Mourinho and Carlo and Antonio Conte were certainly that. But let's not forget he employed Avram Grant, AVB, and Big Phil Scolari. So he had his share of fuck-ups as well. Now, I agree that one big thing that uh, that Roman did when he took over the club was he put the single best footballing CEO uh, probably in the world in charge. And he managed to get him from Man United, Peter Kenyon, right? Peter Kenyon, who was renowned for popping into the local pubs to have a little chat with the fans and find out what they thought. Little things like that, okay. Um, And I know he was a bit of a, he was a Man United fan. I've always said it doesn't matter if you're in a job and you're professional about it, your allegiance really won't matter. And Peter Kenyon really did not have, you'd never have really thought he was a a Man United fan at heart, the way he ran our club. They haven't done that. They've made mistakes. And and I think, you know, you're going to get, as we said, Paul's right on the, the thing, you don't change everything. So, you know, I worked for Vodafone for, what, 29 years. And we used to have massive, you know, global CEO changes. And it would take six to nine months for them to shovel the old guard out and bring in their new people. Yeah. And it would be, you know, you, certain people would be, oh, this person's no longer doing this, they're doing this. And you knew that was a departure lounge. You knew that was that. that was a, a departure lounge job or whatever, right? Um, and other people would come in. But, and that is the nature of businesses. We are now set up far more like a traditional business than we ever were under Roman. So I think it's going to take time for that. You know, criticising the board at this moment um, and saying, well, you know, they sacked the blo- they sacked bloke who was the wrong appointment in the first place. They're damned if they do and damned if they don't. And I think, you know, the realisation... I'm interested in Paul's um, idea about there being a performance clause that we wouldn't have known about, wouldn't have been made public, would have been part of the contract. Yeah, as to whether or not that was... That was the moment where they said, listen, Graham, we gave you this. This is the performance that we expected and it hasn't been there. So see you later. Um, But I do think that, you know, they have not spent £4.25 billion to fail. Uh, And imagine, just imagine if they'd come in and bought our club and not bought a fucking single player, right? I think it will come out in the wash. I think there will be a fire sale in the summer. I've said that before. There will be a lot of players that we may or may not want to leave, but some of them have got to go. Um, and I think it will take time. And I that put, that point you have put there, Chid, which is really, really important here, like, um, the argument that the now was more important to address than the future, those two shouldn't be mutually exclusive, right? A good coach, right, a good experienced coach, and I'm now willing to hold my hands up and say, I got it wrong, my, my faith in Potter was misplaced or whatever. But a good experienced coach um, uh, should be able to come in, deal with the now, the operational aspect, as we used to call it, yeah, keeping the lights on, and then also build for the future, okay? And nobody's going to give me this bollocks about, oh, they're not telling us what the plan is. Fucking Roman never told us what the- We never heard the bloke speak, right? Well, you got, there what? You there got wasn't a Roman. plan.
0: There wasn't a plan as far as no, we were aware. but
1: what you got from the club was hearsay and misinformation because, mm. let's face it, that's what, you know, Russian people are very good at that, okay? But we never had a plan. So there's a, a kind of spoiled brat mentality going up, not not you Paul, but on Twitter with some of the fans I've been watching going, you know, the ball of this, the ball of crap, well fuck me, they spent £4 billion if they hadn't done that, there was a chance we could have gone out of business last year there's no guarantee that any of the others would have been suitable, so I'm, I'm willing to say, okay. they have had the balls to say, we fucked up, he's gone, now it's all about, they know this season's gone, What was the, what's the phrase the Americans use? Bunking the season is it, or Oh yeah, tanking the season. Tanking, tanking the season. season. That's it. Thank well, you. Well, they, yeah.
0: they've certainly tanked it. That's yes. for sure. We're gonna we're gonna pick up on a, on a lot yeah. of this in in part two because I I want to really talk a little bit more about you know Bowley his part in Potter's downfall uh, and also what we do now where we go from here and have, have a kind of chat about where we are with the uh, the Bowley ownership. Um, but before I
3: do- about that, just real. I mean, we do it later. We're gonna do it. Um, yeah, we're we'll
0: doing part two, mate. Do it in part two. Um, because i have i have i have news i have news from the west as in winchester here right now uh because uh jk we have another chelsea fan cast and the troubadour. you are going to be fucking you are going to wet yourself with with delight this this will make you even happier than potter being fired mate no it's impossible no no it will i know it will uh, the Chelsea fan cast at the Troubadour present an afternoon with Jonathan Kidd. Boyle. Johnny Boyle. Yeah, you know, how did you, oh, of course, cause you're on the WhatsApp group. What a twat. <laughs> <laughs>
1: There's me thinking he'd got all mystical. I know. I thought it was going to be a lovely
0: surprise for him. Yeah. We've got, we've got Johnny Boyle as our guest and our next live gig uh, at him. the Troubadour. Loved
1: him. I know, Loved mate. him as a player.
0: I know, mate. You, I, t- I, t- I had a chat with him on the way up to the game on Saturday and, and uh, I said, "Mate, I said, you know, Jonathan's going to be so excited." I said, "Unlike me, I was too young to see you play, mate." But I said, "Jonathan saw your entire career throughout the '60s and the early '70s. He's he's going to love love meeting you and speaking to you." And do you know what he said to me? He said, "Oh, oh, that's." He said, "Yes, I, I know, I know, Jonathan. I know, I know, Jonathan, and, and his father it was Sam Kidd, wasn't it?" He said, "I'll bring, I'll bring my scrapbook
2: for him to have a look at." Love it. He's going to bring I, you his scrapbook to you? look at, mate. I'm gonna bring my scrap scrapbook and get him to sign the pictures. Bloody I've got good there. idea. He never signed.
0: Bloody yeah. good idea. So it's gonna be a Johnny a two Johnny's Love In. We should have called it that really, <laughs> shouldn't we? But yeah, yeah, Johnny Boyle, uh and uh Jonathan Kidd and me playing Gooseberry. Uh and it all happens on the twenty third of April. Uh Sunday the twenty third of April. Uh we the doors will open at half past two, we will kick off about three uh, and I didn't realise this. Bless Alex's heart. She put this on the flyer because I completely missed this point. You know, John Boyle, I mean, he wasn't one of the... The, the, but the thing about John Boyle is he, he played anywhere in the team. He he was a proper, proper trier. You know, he, he would play anywhere, do anything for the team, loves the club, still does. He's good mates with so many supporters now. He's probably one of the most open and uh, reachable of all the ex-players that I know. He's You're active on
2: Facebook. Facebook Absolutely, Can't that yeah.
0: Yeah, he's, yep. he's very active on Facebook. But um, you know, he would play anywhere for the club. He gave his heart for the club. He missed out on getting a, a cup, uh, an FA Cup final medal, although he was in the. You know, he was obviously played at the club at the time, but you didn't have lots of subs then. But he did play uh, a very important role in the in the uh, European Cup Winners' Cup final the next year in 1971 against guess who real madrid and of course the week before there is no game on the saturday because i think it must be fa cup semi-finals or something so clearly we have the weekend off so our previous game will have been against real madrid okay. so we're going to get to talk about somebody who beat them first for chelsea about hopefully beating them again uh the previous uh the previous week so that that's a weird bit of serendipity that i hadn't even realized We'll also obviously have a live Q&A with the great man himself. And as ever, there'll be enough time to meet him, have a chat with him, get anything you want signed. And knowing John, we'll go to the pub straight afterwards when we get kicked out at six. So there we go. There'll He had, be he had a terrific
2: career in America, Judge, didn't he? Did he? Who with? I can't remember the name who he played for, but he was, um, uh, he was a star, star
0: act. Yeah, he's a lovely, lovely man. Now, t- just topping and tailing it, Twenty third of April, Sunday twenty third of April. Yes, I know the women are playing at twelve thirty, in the uh, in the in their Champions League semi final. But uh, presuming it doesn't go to extra time and penalties, etc. etc. You should st- let's pray it doesn't. Uh, you should be able to get from the ground to the Troubadour in time for us kicking off. I mean, the doors open at half two, uh, and we will be getting going at about three o'clock. So you should have plenty of time. Uh, the Troubadour is 265 to 67 Old Brompton Road uh, and uh, the tickets are available this very minute. They're It's live now. Ticketweb.uk. All right. So get on it, people, because this is an absolute cracker. I tell you, Johnny Boyle is lovely and he has the most hilarious stories about one of the greatest eras in Chelsea's history. It really, that, yeah,
2: one of, one, it's a great era, and we haven't had anybody on talking about that era, have we?
0: And there are very few left. We can get on now, sadly. You know, they're all they're all either gone or or not well, or you know, it's uh, tell you who we should get on another time. Barry Bridges, I'd love it. Yeah. I would
2: love that. My favourite player when I was nine.
0: Well, we'll get Barry Bridges on just for you. I think he's he's all compassmentless and well. So we'll do that for just for you.
2: When's your birthday? I would, I would love it. When's your Birth, birthday? 27th of April. Oh no! So.
0: Well, this is this is a happy birthday to you. We'll yeah, have to wait a, till next year then. Yeah. Well, no, we'll
2: try and get him on in November or something. Probably, so have,
0: probably a good idea, frankly.
2: After yeah. I think the later we leave it, the more chance there is of of them not being around. I
0: know. Well, maybe we need to focus a bit more on the 60s, boys. OK, but uh, there you go. All right. So as I said, get on it, people. You will not regret it. Now, we're going to go for a quick lemon break and then we're going to come back and we'll talk about where we're going next as a club, bowling, manager, you name it. When you follow a big team like Chelsea, one of the most frustrating things is not being able to get a ticket for the match, especially when it's away and not live on TV in the UK. What can you do? Get updates from your mates, follow online commentary, listen to the radio. Let's face it, it's not the same as actually watching the match live, is it? NordVPN have the solution to every football supporter's match day problems when they can't watch the match live. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. It's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box.
3: I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up
2: the Chelsea Football uh, Fancast.com.
0: Welcome back to the Chelsea Fancast. I am, of course, Stanford Chidge, and I'm joined by the delicious Jonathan
2: Kidd. Oh, darling.
0: And the. Uh... The, uh, looking slightly wise tonight, Tony Glover. Tony's in a quite a pensive, reflective mood tonight. It's great to have you on the board, Tony.
1: It's lovely to be here, but they pissed all over my sack pot of fireworks by sacking him.
0: Yeah, they knew, mate. Know. They knew. And last, but by no means least, the absolutely delightful uh, Paul, Paul Crowder, who's come. Well, he's, he's not come all the way from LA. He's sitting in his living room on, on Zoom, like we all are. But uh,
3: he's in LA as we as we speak. Paul, great to have you on the show again. Thank you. It's great to be here. It's fantastic. I come in, in such fabulous company. Yeah. So, uh,
0: how, has it has it changed much since you were last on the show yeah. or LA?
3: Yeah. No, the show. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think it's not much. No, I mean not really. I think uh, you've got the formats got really, really strong now. The way you've got it together, and I, I think it's uh, just ever imp- evolved i think would be yeah, the best yeah. word it's just evolved really nicely mm. you know there was a lot more back in the day i remember people talking over each other especially when you didn't have this or like with the zoom thing you can mute you can keep people you know we can i have more to-
0: control
1: right <laughs> <laughs>
3: exactly. but no i think it shows as i say it's evolved it's always been great i've, I've uh you know God, how many how long have we been listening? And it's been so so much fun to listen to driving to work or when I used to have to drive to work. This is my office in my uh, I built in the garage downstairs at at the house. So but I used to drive down the PCH and listen to your show all the time. And it was really fantastic. It's never it's never been dull. It's always been interesting. And what's great is, you know, it's what you always set it out to be for me. Anyway, my experience with it—it's like pub banter, yeah—and it's just it really you know does get that across. But it's there's you know so much great insight from everybody, and people know people who know people, so there's some stuff you can you don't have to take the pin stuff you can sort of like rely, you know you can rely on the uh, details that are coming out, and uh, you're very good at you know letting us know that whether it 's opinion or not, so that's uh, a fantastic show i just wow. get all my best information from
0: oh bless you man that's lovely, really lovely j k you're poised like a cobra again if i'm about to oh give you my- <laughs> thank you, my son. God bless yeah. you um
2: uh, Johnny Boyle played for Tampa Bay rowdies, mm. and it was some um, uh, yeah, thanks there, to the, the wonderfully ubiquitous mark Meehan who just sent me that text so. oh.
0: Mark's in the house tonight as he often is. Yeah. Right, we're going to get on with uh, with uh, part two. I say Villa re- uh, review, but it's more really talking about what happened the day later when Potter got the tin tack. This is more of a who and or what next, really. And I just kind of want to kick kick this off uh, with you, JK. Really, I mean, I think a lot of this is on Bowley, as, uh, as I've made clear, but I wonder how much uh, the players should cop the blame for this as
2: well. Yeah. Well, it smacked horribly to me that they weren't playing for him. Um, uh, despite the the tweets from people saying, you know, we try harder, we must practice, we must. I, I just didn't get the feeling we were watching uh, a competitive side. Um, you know when the team is playing for the manager because they play out of their skins. And I haven't been seeing any intensity. I haven't been feeling that they've been up a gear. When the opposition go one up, the second the opposition go one up, you just think we're not getting that back. Chelsea of the of before would have, that one up would have been nothing. They'd have got that one back against Villa with ease, a proper Chelsea side. Um, I think Mount, um, when Mount was chosen, he was frequently out of position and I felt his body language wasn't involved. And I think he's, uh, um, yeah, I don't think he's been playing for Potter. I think it's very easy for them to say, yes, we like him very much. But i really do feel it needs somebody with a, a a nasty streak just to um to to g them up to say and i agree completely Klopp has got that and so has guardiola you know you you're not going to play if you don't if you don't step up to the uh, to the mark you know and um and some of them just have been i mean i'm i'm very disappointed that fernandez you paid 109 million whatever you pay for him he has to boss the game completely he has to be one of the best players in the world for that kind of fee not somebody that is work in progress I'm sorry and I think that um since we've had him since uh pretty soon after the world cup he's he's not set the the place alight then he has to because he has that potential for me because he was brilliant in the World Cup and we want to see that and that's down to the manager for me that's down to how he's he's creating the um the The tactics don't seem to work. He's not in the right areas. Whether they're overburdened with too much information, um, uh, or whether he was just lacking in inspiration for them, you know, I I would love to see the difference between a training session with Carlo, for example. who is clearly a you know, won everything when he played.
0: Well, he's a player's manager, isn't he?
2: Indeed, indeed. Yeah. But everybody just said when he when he managed Chelsea, what a lovely guy he was. But also, what you know, how he got them to do what he wanted, you know. But with not a great deal, I don't know whether this is true or not. But you know, he he would explain what he was after, and then you know, let them play. And I mean, supposedly we've got much much better players than other teams, and I'm not seeing that in any game that we're right. we're watching at the moment. We're just watching mediocrity.
0: But do you, do you think do you think Tony that they, they? I mean, I think Jonathan as ever makes good insightful points there, yeah. and we we heard um jaco remind me if i'm wrong on this but I, I we heard a while ago didn't we that they uh they the oh, i think it was the southampton game they walked in at half time expecting a rollicking and they got a all they got were the positives and yes. you know yes. i know you're yes. giving everything lads you know yeah. and they were like really surprised that they hadn't got their asses kicked because actually frankly they knew that they deserved it so i i mean I wonder if, in that instance, I mean, you know, they're like bloody thoroughbred racehorses, aren't they? That you know, it doesn't take much to get them to veer off course. No. So, I wonder uh, if, I, in a sense, they might he might have kind of in a, in a, in, a, a, in a different way lost the dressing room. Yeah,
1: I, I alluded to it earlier with the. I, th- I think when you are managing at the level that we've been used to, um, you have to be a bit of a bastard. You can't be the players' mates. You, you, you can't be. I think that's that's. Well, I think Potter. It's probably, that's the one or a major thing that's missing from his, you know, his experience is is that, you know, when you're a mid-level team like Brighton and you've got mid-level players, call them what you like or whatever, it's a lot easier to be matey with them because you need them on your side, etc. You've built that that thing. When you've got, as you described them, the thoroughbreds, I think they need, they need to have a bit of fear, which is the, when you remember when we got Jose, uh, Jose version one. Lesser Jose version too, but he was the enfant terrible of football. When he, he he didn't fuck about, he'd, he'd substitute a player up twenty minutes if he didn't think he was getting what Joe he. Wanted Cole,
2: to. Joe Cole, Joe Cole, yeah, is, he, he mm.
1: does, does do that with, yeah, precisely. And I think
2: Made um, him a better
1: player. I think, yeah, I think that's I think that's what's missing now. Because I, I was playing football tonight, and obviously I'm playing with mostly. Portland. Come on,
0: Antonio, You're you're an elite. You're an elite level. Top yes, five walking, uh, club. walking club in the in the world, mate. Don't, don't yes. do not yourself down.
1: Right. I mean, I'm playing with mostly Portsmouth fans and a QBR fan, my mate Liam. I hope you kick um, him, though. Who, 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 he said, we should have a local derby, he said, because it would be a mid-table clash. I said, but we're two tables apart. <laughs> but um, uh, they, they made a very good point. And we've talked, obviously, they were talking about Chelsea and all this sort of stuff. Um, And when we were coming off, Mark, one of the guys, Mark, said to me, he said, the difference between this Chelsea... And your previous Chelsea says you had players like Lampard, Drogba, Essien, uh, you know JT, and all that. He said, and they would hold each other to account for poor performances, right? And we'll all remember the day Drogba went down. For, I think it was versus Manchester City when he got a flick in the eye and he went down like he'd been assassinated or whatever. And I think JT and Frank Lampard were straight over to basically get up you tart. We don't do that yet, <laughs> um, and I think. He learnt very quickly that there was an interdependency between the players. You're always going to get clicks in the dressing room anyway. An interdependency between the players, which meant they would support... You know, we used to surround the referee. Referees must have used to shit themselves when they see the first person in their face was Balak or whatever. because Or the opposition player has taken one of our players out and Balak's basically giving them the, I've gotcha, you do that one more time sort of thing. And I don't see that with this top. Mm -hmm. The game may have moved on. And it may be all a bit more about tippy-tappy, nicey, fair play shit and all this sort of stuff. But I think that's what's missing. And I think a good coach, as Mourinho was, as Carlo was, as Antonio Conte was, would be able to put that kind of fear into the team and bond that team into something more than we're seeing now. So I do think the players have some responsibility. I think the awful lot of them are very young. I think they they haven't matured into that that kind of... Team of of players supporting, watching each other's backs, and all this sort of stuff. Thiago Silva can't do it all on his own, and he knows his career playing days are probably numbered for at least maybe one more season at best. And so I think you know that's what that's what we need, and that's why I've done an, a complete about turn um, on on one of the. with No doubt we're going to talk about like, uh, managers we fancy, but yeah, you know I've done an about turn on one of them because I gave me Ed a wobble and thought I'll oh, grow the fuck up. Doesn't matter where he used to manage, what can he do for us? JK, Isn't,
2: isn't it about um, uh, about the bonding you were saying with Lampard and, and Drogba and the others, but wasn't that slightly to do with continuity because they were all picked nearly all the time? Yes. But they all knew each other's strengths and they yeah. were heavily bonded because they'd played so well together. You know, my rather I pathetic think... attempts at playing Sunday football. Um, yeah. If we were in a, a side that we got about six wins in a row, we we would we, we loved it, and there mm. was a there was a um, yeah. uh, a passion about the winning, and we wanted to keep on winning. That's and I, the, I haven't seen this anywhere, and it's not going to no. happen in this like, happen in this setup yeah. because he's selected how many players sixty eight different players. Yeah. So he that's doesn't that, know what the team is. So, my point so it, there is to me that bond hasn't been created, yeah. no. and that almost can also contribute to to them not winning uh, no. because there's no bond there anyway. And so oh, they're not used what... to playing with each other, but particularly if he does yeah. something as stupid as he did at the weekend, yeah, yeah. which is to play everybody out of position. Yeah. And I just say, the? but, but I didn't mention it earlier, the, the bizarre aspect of the game on Saturday where Chilwell was always the most advanced player. The fact that he was the one on the end of so many things, for goodness sake, he's the wing back. Where's everybody else? You know whether this, this is the constant problem. What are they doing? And I have to say, Chilwell has been playing out of his skin. He's been really, really one of the top players. It makes you realise what a top player he is. And therefore, if you have the other wing back, who is the other top player in Europe, surely you should then be taking the opposition to the cleaners. If there's somebody in the centre, but no, you don't play him. So I've so I've just gone back on. No, no,
0: mate, doing. I couldn't agree more. I mean, Paul. Who knows? I mean, you know, the great thing that we were promised with this, uh, actually, you know, we've we've up and down this for years, haven't we? You know, when we've lost good managers, we've blamed the players when we've, uh, you know, when we haven't lost managers that we don't like, we've moaned at the players for not getting them out. And I mean, it, you know, it seems to me there's a weirdly symbiotic relationship in a way about Chelsea Football Club over the last 20 odd years between the managers, the players and the fans. But the power we've always we know it seems to have rested with the players. Get a stinky manager, they get him out, and of course, you know the antidote. This was supposed to be the antidote to that. Well, we're you know we're not we're not getting rid of him. So you know if you don't like it, you can fuck off. Well, it seems to me that player power may have succeeded yet again, or not. I don't know.
1: Well,
3: there's two things going on. I mean, first of all, we kept getting these uh, tweets from the players about how much they supported Potter. Everybody's loving time life with Potter even as recent as last week. And then on Saturday, we, there's a, another sort of vibe that, that everything's now at the all-time low with Potter. So I have no idea, you know, the club were telling us one thing, trying to make it like we're going to be okay, we're going to be okay. But the reality was, you saw it in the in the, the body language of the players, there was something wrong there. I think they were all as shell-shocked by Tuchel's leaving, despite, I don't know what that weird stuff that was going on behind the scenes how, how many players were involved with that but i still think there was a big shock that he was gone um and i think you know the way that potter handled things with them and the way we started playing they i don't think they believed in it ever and i think the whole thing was just a farce I, it was it was quite obviously a bad idea from the from the word go i just don't quite understand why it didn't uh why it took so long for them to realize this mistake, this whole idea of, um, you know, of it it being the long project. The reality is with this team, we don't have the Drogba's and that. Remember, it took a while for us to like Drogba. You know, we kept falling down, all that stuff. It, It was, you know, a couple of seasons before he was Drogba that we loved. But what was consistent, you've mentioned it, is that spine of that team was consistent. Czech to the centre, you know um, it was always JT whoever he ended up being paired with, but it was always solid and consistent year after year, and they had all that to build on, so when a manager came in, that we all thought, oh great we got rid of Avram Grant, we got Scolari finally, look at Scolari he's managed Brazil, he's got a great track record why not Scolari? And then it's a shambles, you know players were like, nah, we're not having it, and Roman didn't hated the fact that he, the players were doing that to him but he had to make the change you know is it now or future it's always now you don't have to you lose the future if you don't sort it out now and that's the big thing you've got to do it when it's right and when we're screwed this season now and who knows where we go from here
0: Paul Crowder that is the most sensible thing I've heard said on this show in, in nearly 15 years because that is so true no seriously if you know, if you if what would well, say it again because it's brilliant. If you don't focus on the now, you lose the future.
3: Totally, it's, yeah. it's never about the future. It's always be about right now. You know what you need to do. It's obvious. Look, when we got rid of Frank Lampard, we all loved Frank. No one wanted Frank to fail. Everybody wanted him to succeed. He'd had a for a minute there. It looked like he was going to, and then it just went. You knew he had to go, yeah. and he went. And that's what Roman was good at. You take. You, he made some. Crap calls with AVB, you know, but to be fair, it looked like it wasn't such a bad idea with what his CV was up to that point. You know, it was his, it was AVB's approach to the game that screwed him. Still and and his
0: and his inexperience and arrogance, I think.
3: Yeah, I think Avram Grant was the only one where it was like, Jesus, all bets are off here with this guy. You know? Yeah, but Avram in, in,
0: in, in hindsight was a bit of a genius too, because he just thought I might as well just leave this all to the players.
3: <laughs> um, well, yeah, right. Did a bit well, yeah, but Less uh, the
1: continuity
3: thing did a bit you. the same because he he knew that. I mean, look at that team; they knew what to do. That was a, a core, you know, team. That's what it took. So, mm.
2: it's it's an interesting point, isn't it? That that we can work out that the managers were inept, can't we? By the fact that the teams, the spine of the team, the team was very similar to to the teams that had won. So, when the manager comes in and we don't play well, we're going, there must be something wrong with the manager because this team has won and somehow he's not getting them to play. Whereas in this instance, we've given Potter time because it's all a new lot. So it's almost as if that's been in his favour. But in reality, the situation should be, this is just following up what you're saying, Paul, is it should be now. He's He should have been, it wasn't any good. So therefore, you shouldn't be giving him the time because... Clearly, there's something wrong with what he's doing, whereas I mean, if he came in and it was it was Lampard and Drogba and Cavallio and all the others who were playing um, uh, who just didn't get on with the manager, we would know it was the manager's fault, uh, whereas because because it already had been a success. Mm. But he had on his side the fact that this team had not well, it had been a success in that they both got to uh, that they got to um, two cup finals and won the won the champions League for goodness sake, but somehow. This was a new team, so therefore he was given leeway. But on reflection, he shouldn't have been given at all.
0: No, exactly, which is what we've said consistently. Now, let's move on from Potter. Um, well done, Potter. Thanks for trying, uh, and good luck with whatever you do yeah, next. fuck off! You're so harsh, J.K. You've you harsh... had your time know. Oh, no, I fuck mean, off. for such a lovely, kind, gentle man, you can be such a... I almost said the word. Yeah. Gareth. Yeah. um anyway oh, that's, horrible. that's horrible well you can you can be really vicious and mean and you're not like that you're lovely and cuddly and fluffy really i know and i'm letting the listeners know really we need to talk about they know that already actually they do they write and tell me frequently as you know because you read them out every week very much Yeah. the jonathan kidd fan club it's uh it's burgeoning uh right what next well that's the question isn't it really i mean apparently according to those in the know Uh, the uh, shortlist is Julian Nagelsmann, ex of uh, Bayern Munich. It's Nagelsmann, actually. Nagelsmann, Nagelsmann. You say Nagelsmann. I say Nagelsmann, you say Nagelsmann. Nagelsmann. What did we say on Friday, JK? Let's call the whole thing off. Exactly that. Uh, Maurizio Pochettino, or Mopo to his friends.
1: Uh, (laughs) I've never heard him ever referred to as that. Uh, From now
0: on. From now on. by by his he's he's often called Mopo by Spurs uh, mates of mine Uh, Ruben Amorim uh, he's the coach of sporting uh, I think isn't he in Portugal Uh, Luis Enrique uh, recently of Barcelona and Spain and uh, Luciano Spalletti who's currently the Napoli manager Um, so there we go that is apparently the shortlist Um, I mean apparently as well uh Nagelsmann, I should get this right, uh, has issues. I mean, he's quite a young manager. He's not really. I mean, he's he's managed Bayern Munich, one of the biggest clubs in the world, so that needs to have a bit of respect. But uh, Sebastian, whatever his name is, who I follow on Twitter, he's a French journalist and is, is basically knows his onions. He posted a, rather a rantish tweet the other day, saying he's not a project manager. Win now ends up pissing everyone off in eighteen months. <coughs> tick we've done jose. that before uh no evidence of patience with young players uh-uh. bat shit crazy open tactics that's not no, jose no. No. no, good coaching implementation so short term and or bust but at least entertaining and divisive i i have my doubts about narglesman um but uh i mean look i i said this ages and ages and ages ago uh i think probably when we hired potter in the first place. But I think the kind of manager that we want, first and foremost, they need to be a winner, which means they need to have won a league in this country or a top European league. Preferably they've either won the champions league or they've gone deep into it and done it frequently. Not like the odd weird, you know, struck by lightning occurrence. They need to have the personality and the gravitas to manage a club like Chelsea and be the front man the leader and the personality that drives it forward uh, they need to be tactically very astute they need to be able to make changes in game which change things if you're in the shit so you turn it round, or when you are up against another good manager I mean you know I'll give you an example what Tuchel did to Pep Guardiola in the Champions League final that's proper proper in game management um, and they also need to uh have one eye on the youth and be able to develop and bring young players through as well as improve the world-class players that they have and to get the respect of those world-class players that that if I was doing the interviewing process that's what I would be looking at Um, I don't see any I mean you know we can debate some of those options in a minute I don't think any of them have all of those I mean for me the one the one person that I would I would do anything to get, anything to persuade to come back, even if it's just fairly short term, like a year or two, it would be Carlo Ancelotti, you know, because Carlo is arguably one of the best coaches in the world. You just look at what he's won. But of course, I think also because he has history with us. And this is the other thing I would love. I would love them to have at least understand what our club is about, have a bit of Chelsea about them. And Carlo certainly has that. It's not the most important thing. I mean, the number of managers that had no fucking idea we were, turn up and we ended up loving is enough. But Carlo certainly has got some Chelsea credentials, which I would love. And, of course, he's got unfinished business here because he was sacked in a corridor by Ron Gawley when he should never have been. But none of that regime exists anymore, so he won't have that hang-up. I would be going all out for Carlo and trying to get him. But... uh, um, that aside, it's very unlikely. I know as well because he's getting on. I think there were rumours he wants to retire after this season with Real Madrid, yeah. but who knows? But there we go. Those are the choices, people. Who wants to have first dibs on this one?
1: I'll go if you want Tony. Well, Paul was about to jump in then, but uh, um, I, I. So I've already stated quite publicly, um, but I will. I will. I will also, in my defence, say that there's no point in having a mind if you can't change it um and so i've swung away from being anti-pochettino uh into a pro pochettino with some caution number one you know he 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 always had a maxim which when he was at spurs i really really admired which was he would not buy uh players if they were there if they were going to block the progress of youngsters yeah So he always saw the development players as being more important than just going and getting somebody there and then pissing off somebody and sending them out on loan, which I quite like that as a a way of of thinking. Uh, It galls me to say it, but they played good football under him. Um, Is he a winner? Well, I mean, he went to PSG and failed to win the Champions League, but he's still got that kind of big game, big club experience. If we won stuff with him, it would boil the piss of every Spurs fan and drive them even more insane than they probably already are with jealousy at us. Um but out of all of them names, I would probably be quite happy with Nagelsman. I I like flamboyance, I like character, I like he he he's got a touch of the young Jose arrogance about him. I don't see any problem with that.
2: Great dress Um, sense, Tony. Huh? Great dress sense.
1: Well, I just you know he's his own man, and I, I'm not going to criticise that. You know, I'm sitting I mean, happy sit here, with that. I'm I sit happy. here as a 61 year old fashioned victim. and I've spent the life my, my life being a nothing fits me, Joe. And if I did get designer gear, it just looked like I nicked it. So that's that's where I come from. Um, but I I, I kind of like his. I, I like arrogance is is a a necessary feature uh, of being a top coach. And I think if you've got it. Um, what, what was it? What was it? They said it was, um, there's nothing wrong with being arrogant if you're right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite like that. That's what I always Spilletti, say. Spilletti, I've got that off of, believe it or not, I've got it off of, of Halby City. Um, <laughs> <laughs> off of one of the consultants on it, Anton Meyer. He was a great actor. I don't know who wrote it was, but he, he said, there's nothing wrong with being arrogant if you're right. I've just um, done
2: a self-tape for Casualty. Have you? Yeah, today I did it. Yeah, just Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah.
1: But you have to let us know because I will have to be tuned in. No, that. I won't
2: get it. It's a very, very large. I would not to say fat anymore. Jewish baker.
1: Oh, <laughs> I don't I want to quite understand why it, I don't, put down for that. Yeah, you You should be able to do that. So oh. I look. I, I would be okay with Pochettino. I, I I've grown up, but that was one I was talking about giving me head a wobble and saying, look, forget where he comes from, forget his past. Um, he's obviously a capable coach. Um, it worries me slightly why he's not been back in work but he, you know, if he's in a position to pick and choose, that's fine. Uh, Nagelsmann I'd be okay with that. amarin I don't know enough about. Um, and Spiletti, I looked at his CV today um, he strikes me as not being quite up to him. he's had a good season with Napoli but um, yeah, so I, oh, now Enrique it, it, he's the one that also, he's just nudged into my conscience a bit because his record with Barca was very good, even if his record with Spain wasn't. But we've seen club managers go yeah, on. Messi
0: to and Neymar, team, really. mate.
1: Yeah, but, you know, you know, you could argue that this bloke could have. Uh, Kai Havertz might be another Messi. We just don't know. because well, no Enrique right,
0: could be the next Guardiola on that basis. Yeah,
1: so <laughs> I, I, I would take Enrique, Pochettino or Naguisman. I don't think I'm a particular fan of Spalletti. I don't know enough about Ameren, um and uh, I don't want Brendan Rodgers. I just, I don't think you want to be picking up somebody who's just been sacked by Leicester because they're in, in the doldrums. I think that would be Potter-esque in, in terms of a bad appointment. Um, Carlo Ancelotti has publicly stated, I think, that he is looking to retire after Real Madrid. Um, my only concern about him is, as, as good as he is, it's that second time around thing that generally doesn't really work. And he was another one who did not trust the youngsters. No, I he don't did... know about that. Um,
0: no, I'm not so he sure played
1: Josh McCracken once, I think, Kakuga once, and, and we never saw him again. So, uh, he, he that, that, have that, that's just an opinion. I like he he that I game against to Sunderland, it, Tony. The it's Sunderland game,
2: a... when he yeah. played um, the boy who then went to Palace, I can't remember his name, the Ducky. Oh,
1: full um, back. Yeah, home. I don't know. I yeah. know the one you mean, but he played, yeah.
2: And he played. And Because they asked him to do so, and we lost 3-0. 3-0. And that contributed to his sacking.
1: Yeah, I think so, yeah. So, I, you really know, those, that's my view. I, I, I think I'll go with Paul. There's good stuff, experience. though.
3: The, they're out there. Port, the Porto manager, uh, Consejo, I can't pronounce his name, but he's, he's doing some really good stuff. Like, you know, the best he's had them playing since Mourinho. The guy at um, Sporting uh, as well. I mean, that's Amarim. You know, I've seen a few of those games and they're looking really good. But I really think you need to have someone that's going to make the players when they're on the sideline. That Anyone remember when Man United got battered by City? And this was like 20, 15 years ago or something. Gary Neville was playing and he screwed up, he's he cocked up in defense, gave away the goal, and he looked at the, the camera, went to him, and he gave this look to the bench like, I'm dead. Um, um, I, I do not want to go in the dressing room now. He was so... It, you could see it in his face. He was petrified of what Alex was going to say to him. And you need that instilled in in your... your. You have to have that respect from the manager that you've just screwed up so bad. And, that, and how important it is to be playing at 100% all the time. There's a great quote on last night I saw from Alex Ferguson about his team. It's like... You've got to remember why you're playing for this club, what this club is all about. And what we've been all about in the last 20 years is winning. We're winners. We have a winning mentality. We're a winning team. So, yeah, we've been crap and we've had all that stuff. We lived all through that uh, us and the generation that, that hasn't that we've just a winning club. And you've got to maintain that winning mentality. And you can't put Potter in there that doesn't have it. You can't put someone, I think, that is still on their way up. You need to have someone that the players can respect. When the manager walks in the room and more of the players have more success on their CV than he does, he's screwed. He had no chance, Potter. So we got to have someone that the players really respect. And I think Enrique is a good potential for that because at least... Yeah, he had what he had, but he had success at Barcelona. He did well. So he know and he knows what it takes to be a part of a club that is all about winning. And it's that mentality, finding that person, is what we have to do. And I don't have that answer. I like the idea of some young manager, project manager, but I really don't think that's what this club is about.
0: We, well we just yeah, had, we had We just we had, had that. Do. And I I, I don't yeah, think exactly. it, it, we I think they would be foolish to go down that route again because I think it it would end up the same way. But I don't think we'd have well, the patience.
3: He's a bit of a German grand Potter. Well, on, I know,
0: and I, that's what with our, our RB Leipzig links that worries me. JK, do you think do you think whoever we get in, you know, needs to have a an understanding in the English game slash the Premier League and how to play in that? Because we've often we've often said that, haven't we? That you know, it, it can make a difference when they're not having to get used to that. Although, you know, Tuchel came in within a week, he'd sussed it out. So maybe if you're just a bloody good manager, you're a bloody good manager, it doesn't matter.
2: Don't you think they're already looking at the Premier League, though? don't they think they use the Premier League as a template? Don't they're seeing how the football is played? I think if you're a decent coach, you will be nicking ideas from the Premier League. You'll be just looking at it and saying, that's how we want to play or that's how they play there. Or they're very very athletic so i don't think that's a problem with anybody coming in actually if you're a proper manager you you'll have done your research already and in fact they're probably all learning english because they all want to be in the premier league because they all want to earn the big bucks so i I don't see that as being a problem i think any of these managers you've mentioned could be good and i think i don't have anything problem with pochettino at all who's a class manager and uh did well at psg but did, you know couldn't deal with the whole uh Madness. Star situation there, the madness of it. But yeah, he's a he's a very decent manager. I mean, look what he did at Spurs. For goodness' sake, it was the best they have played football for ages,
0: and he got them to a Champions League Champions final. League he got. Hang again. on, let just, just just pause and say that again. He got Spurs to a yeah. Champions League final. Yeah, right. I mean, that's just that's that's, that's insanity.
2: But they made so many videos of that that we all know that. Don't we? So <laughs> <many degrees. laughs>
0: very good. Oh, they sure did. They have got their DVDs on their little shelves as we but it speak. took
3: VAR, wasn't it? It was VAR got them there.
2: Yeah, yeah. With, the, with the Ajax, the Ajax game, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: And City as well, I think they they, too, yeah. they lucked City. out there. But yeah. I mean, you know, joking apart, we, we know Spurs are Spurs. And I mean, they've had Conte and they've had Jose and they've still not bloody won anything. So I don't think the fact that he didn't win anything at Spurs should be held against him because it's Spurs. Uh, he did, he did all right at PSG, very hard club to manage almost. I mean, Tuchel bailed out of them, although he got them to the Champions League final. Um, I mean, you know, I, I think we need to grow up a bit about the Spurs relationship with Pochettino. I mean, if you don't think he's good enough for us, that's one thing, but I think not having him because he was at Spurs is, I think we're, we've moved on from that, I would hope. Uh, I think, obviously. yeah, I mean, for yeah. me, for me, if, if, if you want it, I mean, if my argument holds true that actually you do need somebody who gets the Premier League, then Pochettino is your man, I think, out yeah. of that shortlist. But if it doesn't really matter, because basically what matters is you get a really good manager, then then maybe that's not. But, I I, I mean, you know, who who do you think they're going to get, JK? Have you got a kind of a, a nose for it?
2: It wouldn't surprise me if they, they do a completely off-the-wall thing. It'll all be down to stats, won't
0: Jesse it? Jesse Murch.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Paul's face. <laughs> oh, God, that would be awful, wouldn't it? Um, that would be bad.
3: Well, I mean, the thing to consider about Todd Bowley is that he's been at the Dodgers now for 15 years, and he's won one World Series. With all the stats and everything that he's putting those teams together, And he buys players in the same fashion that he just did in the summer, uh, in the January window. Here, he gets the team; they they compete. I mean, you're in a five team division, and you win your division, and then you go on and you try and win, uh, you know, the National League pennant. And you become champion, but that just gets you. That's just winning the semi final, and then you get to the World Series, and he's managed to get there and win once. Not
0: good so
3: enough. that you know, I'm not sure how great his track record is, and that's a a, that's a sport he understands. Yeah. So I, I don't think you know. So I wonder what what, what this project is, what how it's going to how it's going to go forward from here, and I, I'm I'm worried about it, and I think basically they've had a big old slap on the face and gone. You know, realize that this is a very different animal to what they expected, and, and they've they've you know they're realizing it now. It's starting to come home. All that, all their crap, all the mistakes they've made have come home to roost, and it's all, it all screwed Potter. Because if they'd kept some of the same regime physios etc. in place, and they hadn't made so many huge changes, maybe Potter would have had a better chance because the team wouldn't be sort of like where am I either. You know, you have to consider all of that. Wayne Mount's playing. All of the guys are playing. Their, their world's been upended in a yeah. lot well, of the routine. I, I
0: totally, totally, totally agree with you, Paul. I, I I mean, one thing that's really pissed me off, actually, about them is is uh, the way that they've de romanized the club. I mean, from top to bottom, everybody's gone. Even the bloody mural on the wall outside of the West End has gone, which I thought was a cheap shot. But uh, what has to happen now, uh, Tony, is... I mean, we've had a de-Romanisation. It needs to be followed now by a de-brightening. Yes. There are too many... I mean, half of fucking Brighton's turned up. Bloody mid-table, small club. Fuck off. And we need a reinjection of Chelsea because there's not enough Chelsea there. I mean, you know, there are people... I mean, J, JT's working at the club. I mean, you know, I can't remember who I was talking to. You. It might have been before we went on air, actually. But, you know, all the way through the Roman era, we had uh you know people who got chelsea who who were you know ex footballers ray wilkins was there for a long time as assistant coach yeah um you know we've steve clark of course steve holland i mean we've always had people in important positions in, on the playing side to remind whoever's in charge this is what we're about paul says our, yeah. our dna over the last 20 years has basically become we're winners and i would agree with him we're batshit crazy we're chaos but we're also trophies and 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 some and and we mean you know that's our identity that's what we're about and there, there are plenty of people they could lean on Ashley Cole's still around, JT's still around. I mean lamps could be brought in in some role maybe not the manager right? I except that, but there are I mean Robbie Di Matteo and J T were wandering around the pitch before the game. Yeah, they were. I mean, yeah. you know, some wag said to me, "Oh, that's our next management uh, walking around the pitch." You know, we didn't know Potter was going to get fired at this stage. You know, there's that we need we need a reinjection of Chelsea. They really need. I mean, you know, as I said earlier on in the show, didn't I? They've deromanized it, destabilised it, spunk loads of money up against the wall, changed the whole contracts. That could have FFP issues. They still haven't bought the right kind of players. They haven't got rid of the crap ones. Mount's issue. I mean, there's a lot they've not got right. They need to start getting it right, Tony.
1: Well, I think, I mean, you know, let's be fair. Um, you know, we lost players because of contract issues under Roman. And, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, even Tommy Tuchel couldn't get Rudiger to stay. Um, and they, they were throwing everything at that one at the, uh, towards the end, weren't they? Um, uh, I, I think you're right. I think. I think the coach has to be unassociated with the club. Whatever I, I I prefer the word manager. I'm just old fashioned like that. But um, I think it's got to be someone not associated with the club. I think it should be new, and it should be because uh, I don't I don't see the chaos and the trophies as being um, necessary to win things. And and Manchester City are you know living proof of that. So I think um, uh, oh Jonathan, yeah right. off you go, go. On, <laughs> yeah um. I thought he was waving to me. That's why I was distracted. Um, But I think when I see it, the more I look at it, the more I think you do need something there. So you you replace these management, you replace these whole management structures with the entire Brighton coaching team or whatever, the entire whatever. And and I think that's where you're missing something. I don't, I think JT and Robbie Di Matteo, I think JT as a manager would be a disaster because he's got no more experience. He's less experienced than Potter, Right. Let's be honest, he's never managed. And I'm not suggesting he should be. No. I'm saying that we think, need
0: we need people yeah. who get the club, who've been yes, there, won the trophies, bought the medals, yeah. who understand the culture, who which can which imbue you, that in the players yeah, and the coaching exactly. staff.
1: Which is why I think they, they that was a mistake they made in in letting Check go. Um, you know, let, let's face it, when the European Super League shit was going on, Czech was the one who went out and spoke to the fans and told them to calm down. Yeah. He became a front man for that club. When the rest of the board, him and Tuchel were the ones that were out there talking to the you know, to the press and everything about sanctions and stuff like that, when the board, when Roman, when no one else was coming out there, not even Buck, you know, they were all fucking hiding, you know, up in their ivory towers. Um, so I think there's a place for for something like that. I like the idea. I've always said Frank Lampard should have been the number two alongside someone like Carlo or whatever. Yeah. So he would get that if you like, top boy experience, right, but as the number two and still have that influence there as someone who gets right here what we're about. And you could say the same for JT. Um, uh, 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 So I would like to see something back in the club like that. But I I would be anti-putting Frank Lampard back in charge simply because I think he's been too badly burnt by us and by Everton, which was a fucking hospital job. I understand why he took it, but he had no chance with that one. Um so yeah, I do think we do need to be the deromanisation, fine, I'm happy with that. The de Chelseaing of it.
0: Well, um, I when I say de romanization, I'm being a bit pithy, obviously. But you yeah. know, as Paul, as Paul has been saying, you they they, they the, the turnover of staff that seems yeah. ridiculously unnecessary from top yeah. to bottom. There's a whole there's a whole line of management and middle management yeah. being put in the, the I mean you would expect it, but direct direct hires, American hires. Yes, you know they're sucking the culture that, out of the club.
1: Yes, that that's very really American, though, isn't it? That is the way you know, a, a kind of American business works on that kind of big bang basis, doesn't it? You know, yep. we're here now. We're the new guys. We're out with the. Hey, country. we're
0: the new sheriff in town.
1: Yeah, and I think there's, and that's not an anti-American sentiment. It's just the way they do things. I think it's yeah. culturally more the way that that country operates. And Paul will give us a much greater insight on that, I should think. But I think that in this particular case. Um, you know, this board, uh, I will always go back to the fact you do not spend that money to fail. They will want to be winning, they will want to be they may well take they may well have rushed, they might have tried to run before they could walk. I don't dispute that. Um, but yeah, get someone, get some Chelsea yeah. spine back in that club somewhere along the line, to you know, for the culture, the Jose culture of winning from the tea lady up to the very top. But I think the new manager has to be Unassociated with it, I think they need to be completely clean, completely come in and be able to weave their magic. They don't want ghosts on the wall telling them what they should be doing.
0: That's a fair enough point. Um, I think the bottom line is, JK, you're about to sorry, I thought you were about to say something. All right, okay, well, I was going to say. If they don't get it right, I mean, this is the point, really, JK. They have got to get this next appointment right. They have got to get it right because I think they, they've been, you know, that if you look at it in the round, there's been quite a lot of fuck-ups already. And we, I don't, you know, we, Paul Paul makes an excellent point about you've got to look after the now, not the future. And if they haven't, if they've screwed up the now, then we could be in for a very rough future with the kind of decisions that have been made. So the next manager hire it's arguably one of the most important decisions that this that's been made at this club for over twenty years
2: well also the the mistake was fifty millions worth, wasn't it with the twenty one million um paid to prize him away from brighton the yeah. the money they're going to have to pay him to uh, I don't know whether there'll be a clause as you said it might be in a certainly it activated a you haven't done well enough clause, but certainly the payment for tuchel is about forty million at least if you don't include what what you have to pay Potter but um Yes. It, it. Well, you would hope that they've learnt, wouldn't you? You would hope that this has been a big learning curve for them in the seven months that they've uh, uh, they've had him for. And the and that more than that, what is it? The nine months they've had the club um, and appreciated certain things about the fans, about the way managers, uh, the status of the manager, the status of the manager with the club, because uh, Paul, you made a great point about the, the Dodgers. that it's it, it, he he's had mediocrity as well, hasn't he really? despite having spent an enormous amount of money. And you can't you can't have that. And he's going to have mediocrity thrust upon him by the fact that they won't be in the Champions League unless they win the Champions League. And everybody keeps saying jokingly, well, it's a Chelsea thing. We might just win the Champions League. But you never know. They may come up with a performance if the shackles of the manager have gone um, because some of those players have, have won the Champions League and uh, they just need to come up a level. And if Silva's fit, you've then got a very similar team. You've got a similar player to Werner up front if you play Mudrick just in front of Havertz you've got the same pairing at fullback um at wing back um you've got Felix who's a who's a top player for me um who I'm afraid I think gets in instead of Mount at the moment but then of course the difference is you've got it's it's the how he handles the substitutes I keep going on about that I think the substitutes are so important within the within the game now but yes it's to answer your question um it's it's very very important indeed but to me, I think we've answered the question as to who you want to have running the club. You need somebody with everything we've said, with experienced, won trophies, slightly nasty, capable of dealing with um, with stars and and big earners. Um, and you need essentially a, a, somebody of the status of a Tuchel or an Ancelotti or a, a Mourinho because they need to run the dressing room and they need to they need to. I mean, I kept saying how important I thought the press conferences were. They really are important. You know, they, you've got to have somebody at the helm who people go, oh, he means business. And it then seeps through the club having somebody with that kind of status. And and so I want somebody that I go to a press conference. I mean, I was, I listened to Tuchel's press conference after he beat Dortmund. You're blown away. There's absolutely no compromise. Start talking about how he's running the game, you know, how they did it. Talks about you know we played one one up there and we pushed up in the front. And I played four at the back and we then moved round and we did. You you you're getting a a a lesson on on a football lesson from him and and football lesson of how the game was played, how Dortmund played, and how he's dealing with training and how he's coming with the club. No comparison whatsoever. I know I've been going on about this all year. In fact, about how he didn't have any status at all, and to me that was unbelievably important. But once again, we all lodged in we we'd we fixed into this idea of the process so we're willing to be forgiving but at the same time when you see somebody like Tuchel um who, who commands and and is is um, I mean no, I I loved his reaction on the touchline I loved the fact people got fed up with him having a, sh- a go at a doy but a doy never took anybody on and in the end that's his undoing and he will be sold in the summer because he never did it in the same way um Anybody else he had a go at. You just thought, well, yeah, they're not doing what they've discussed in training. And the passivity, the constant nothing happening at all from Potter because he's a nice guy, it just didn't work. So, um, yes, the signing of a, of a manager who ticks so many of those boxes is unbelievably important. And let's hope they don't get somebody completely left field who is just part of some kind of view of what the potential of the club could be we need somebody now who is um a complete top banana well, a, world,
0: a world-class elite club needs a yes. world-class, needs elite, a world-class
2: manager. elite manager it's not it's, it's not it's work what, it's, it's what we said at the beginning yeah. Chij, when, he, when when potter arrived yeah you know one doesn't want to say i told you so but bloody hell i told you so
0: well you know it's not a work experience job that's the reality right we're yeah. gonna we're gonna move on Because believe it or not, we're playing again tomorrow, Uh, and uh, Uh yes, I know we've got the scares in it. Okay, so we'll be back in a minute to talk all about that.
3: Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. FootballFancast.com
0: Welcome back. This is Stanford Chidge and the Chelsea fan cast. And uh, we're into part three and I've got the absolutely delightful Jonathan
2: Kidd on the, show, of course. on the show. It's a corker of a show tonight. It's Chidge. not the fan cast
0: without Jonathan Kidd as well. I don't, I don't know. I always when I introduce you on each part, I always sound surprised that you're here. You're here every uh, bloody week with me, for God's I, sake. I'm
2: surprised that I've come on the show the way you treat me.
0: Oh, well, I've been a bit grouchy tonight. I do. I do apologize. It's, it's my time of the month. What can I say?
2: But oh, at least you still have that ability. i no longer have that.
0: No, I'm talking about my my bank account emptying because it's the beginning oh, that, of the month. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> not not anything else, mate. I'm I'm not physiologically capable of that, mind you. Someone say I'm not physiologically capable of uh, putting my hand in my pocket to empty my bank account, but that would be very rude and untrue. Now, from now on, I will say, "Welcome back to the Chelsea Fancast with me, Stamford and Jonathan Kidd."
2: It's taken this long.
0: I know. Do you know what? I, this is a complete, a complete digression, but this is what we're famous for. Uh, I As I was so knackered last night from trying to build a greenhouse and failing miserably so to do, I ended up vegging out in front of the TV and uh, I quite I'm, i quite like Sky's documentary channel. Paul will be very pleased to hear this. Seen a few of his. They had Dogtown and the Z-Boys on there the other week. Uh, anyway, so I'm watching it just just like, yeah, yeah, I, I'm too... I can't be arsed to move. And they, they had this documentary about Robin Williams and uh, how can you not watch a documentary about Robin Williams? The funniest man ever. And I mean, I just laughed my cock off for most of the two hours that this doc was on. But there was a hilarious scene where he was up for an award uh, for, for a film he was in and uh, competing with Edward Norton, Jack Nicholson and Daniel Day-Lewis. And uh, it was a tie between Jack Nicholson and Daniel Day-Lewis. So he didn't win and Jack Nicholson invited him up onto the stage and it just went off onto this hilarious non he said I want, I want Robin to do my my acceptance speech because he's funnier than me and Robin Williams starts doing an acceptance speech on behalf of Jack Nicholson in the style of Jack Nicholson which was just off the scale fucking funny and then they said well we can't have you not not having any sort of award so we're going to give you the piece of paper that the uh, the winners were written on and he just he just basically said, I just want to say thank you fucking very much for not giving me an award. And it yeah. it, it was it was really bitter and twisted, but very very funny.
1: Oh, I saw that documentary; it was very good. Well, there you go. J K. just
0: reminded J K. just reminded me of that moment. It's about fucking time, mate. I mean, I've only been here for like fucking eight years. And now, now you say, and Jonathan Kidd. so you are the next Robin Williams. I did actually think of you. <laughs> There's a Robin Williams esque about you and some of your humour. I have to say, anyway. Digression over. Inside, Did you enjoy that?
3: Inside the mind of Robin Williams. It was that, That's the one that's yeah, the yeah. one. I, I
2: mean watch like, good I watch it. Edited that. I've been I've been reading in, uh, looking at Inside the Mind of Donovan, which i found very good very Was it good
0: mellow spot. yellow?
2: Very, very. It was very There Is a Mountain. Yes.
3: Okay. A bit
0: of echo chamber. Yeah,
2: yeah. Anyway, right. So
1: a welcome. Ba- to- man, though.
0: Welcome back to the Chelsea fancast with Stamford Chidge. that's me, and Jonathan Kidd, that's him. And, of course, our illustrious guests, who are Tony Glover.
1: Good evening, again. It's and been the been brilliant tonight, it's been great
0: fun. It has. Uh, aided and abetted, probably because we've got Paul on the show, the lovely oh, Paul absolutely. Crowder. It's lovely to see you, Paul. I mean, I, I don't feel that you're, like, you know, 8,000 miles away. It's lovely. Oh,
3: 6,000. Uh, no, exactly. That's why it's a very intimate little feeling here. It's like we're all hanging out in the... Uh, in the pub kind of thing yeah it's great to see Bring you at my house, got you in my office in my man cave as it were
0: ah, well there we go lovely stuff right now uh we're, we're going to preview the chelsea liverpool game which of course is tomorrow night's game uh now i'm i'm screwed basically it's it's uh we all know what's coming up next don't we jk it's chidge's team selection yes i've got no idea I'm, i want to get on to i mean i've actually called it the next bit who the fuck is bruno salter uh, which is quite apt, really, because I've got no idea. But anyway, it'll be his team that plays, not my team. But if it was my team, he did—he did kind of indicate in his presser that he's—he's he's not going to change much, which worries the shit out of me because it means he might play bloody James at uh, right back, uh, right right centre back again. But
2: he said he's been in conversation with uh, with Potter, well, so perhaps Potter's told him what team to pick. They all need to fuck off now.
0: Go away. Go back to fucking I Brighton. Know. We don't want you here anyway. Kepper in goal. Uh Badishiel as the right center back which is where he should have played on Saturday. Koulibaly at center back because none of the decent ones are fit. I would I would play Cokerella as the left center back. I know Tony thinks that's terrible but you know right now uh, he's not going to play nobody's going to play Trevor because they've all clearly decided they hate him. But you could say <laughs> Koulibaly Badishiel, Chaloba and that would be all right but I think it'll be Cokerella. Chilwell, Fernandes, Kovacic, James has to be unless you I mean, because I think they're going to play three, four, two, one again. If they were playing three, five, two, you could probably have uh, Kante in there as well. And I wouldn't be averse to that. But I think they'll go three, four, three. Uh, this is where I deviate. Felix will have to be the false number nine because you can't play Havertz there because he's fucking rubbish there. So you have to play him behind Felix. I know which makes no sense, but that's how it is. So Felix and Havertz. But I would put Mount in there. Forget, you can't, there's no point playing a fucking winger in the three up front when you've got two wingbacks who are basically playing as wingers. So don't play one. Play somebody. Guess, th- what,
2: guess what, Chidge?
0: What? He won't. I know, but that's what they should do. Play Mount, play Felix, play Havertz, see what happens. It's worked in the past like that. Why not again? Yeah. But for God's sake, there is, there is no point playing a winger in a in a more kind of inside position. It's just nuts. If you're gonna if you want width, play wing backs, who can give you the width. If you want width from your wingers, don't play wing backs. <coughs> it can't be that fucking hard. Anyway, that's my team, JK, I commend it
2: to you. Um Felix and Havertz will play. Chilwell will play, Fernandez will play. I think he'll play Kovacic. I think they're sort of finding their feet with that partnership. But it's still not great. It please can James play wing back, please, 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 please combat your shield play. Yes. And Koulibaly, I think Cuccarella is the supposedly other option because they don't have, um, because silver's not fit, um, which has shown him up really that Cuccarella isn't the trouble is Cuccarella can play out of his skin in a couple of games. And if he just gives a goal away, you, it becomes absurd. Um, but he did play better in the, in the, uh, the champions league and the following game. Um, but uh, no, I don't think Mount's going to get in. I think he'll play um, Pulisic. Great, Just because that appears to be his, um, uh, that's, that's what Potter would have done. And I think he'll just pick a Potter team. Uh, got to pick a Potter or two. And so <laughs> will <and>, uh, <laughs> be Potter's players. And I don't think he'll play. Um, uh, and I hope he plays that. Chuva Fernandez Kovacic James because it would be so nice to see how they play together. Bloody hell, wouldn't it be nice to see the pro- a proper team out there rather than farting about with the selection? So that needs to be it, yes, for me. Even if Cookarella is the is the one I wouldn't like to play, but with Tony I agree. I, I think he's too uh, he's too hit and miss at the moment. Um, but yeah, I don't think Mounts going to get it. However, what subs I think subs coming on or what times they come on becomes really relevant. Sixty
0: minutes, take Gallagher.
2: Hey, hey, indeed. Well, it may. I'd be, I would actually. Both be both in defence. I would be intrigued to see if he starts Kante because he. Sh- well, I don't know where he'll play, so that's why I don't think he'll start him because I don't think they've worked out. I don't think they worked out where he'd play because he played at the weekend, centre forward, right wing, dashing around up into the penalty area, not in a position that seemed to be helping either Kovacic or Fernandez. So I'm. I'm. I don't know where he's going to go, but I would be intrigued to see where he would fit. Is it a five? And is, does Conor Gallagher get on for no apparent reason? Does he just bring him on and, and, and exactly the same as Potter and put him who knows where? Because that's what he was doing. So the more you think about what Potter got up to, the more you just think it was so meaningless. And we sort of went with it. This is my resentment, really, is the fact that we went with it because it was supposedly part of an experiment part of the process and you look back on it and you think what the fuck did he ever do with Gallagher poor Gallagher never knew where he was playing he either put him as a kind of bridge between the forwards or stuck him into infield but then he was supposed to turn then another substitution would occur and he'd change and he'd play wing back and then, then he'd play come back on the the back line I mean poor poor bloke I still have no clue what his best position is. And I hope the next manager works out because, you know, if they can make it work, he's a class act, Connor. Never stops trying, for goodness sake. However, he may be part of the plan as a homegrown player to be sold in the summer. Who knows what on earth will happen? Then they'll see how angry we are. Oh, God.
3: I mean, you just, if you think about whether Potter's going to have any influence, basically, if we've got round pegs in round holes, he hasn't, you know? (laughs) yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> we'll find that you know that's that'll be uh, we'll see what happens then. I would hope that Bruno's uh, you know got a bit of self confidence and goes for his thing and doesn't you know, doesn't lean too much on what's gone before because seriously, it's not been working, has it? So, it got that guy. I don't think anyway, I would pray that we're going to try something more traditional as to players in their positions. And if you go five at the back, four at the back, three at the back, players in their positions.
2: Yeah. I found it disturbing though that he did say, um, Bruno in the in the press conference that um uh he'd been in contact with Potter and he was helping them um deal with the situation. What does that mean he's still influencing them? I, I hope not he picked the team for him for no, Tuesday.
0: I mean, the, the thing is, you know, Bruno Salter played at Brighton for seven years. was a bit of a legend. There's, there's a mural of him. There is a mural of him. He's played there for seven years. He retired in 2019, and Potter immediately brought him into his coaching staff. So the guy's had, what, three or four years assistant coaching experience. Bugger all, basically. And yet, actually, Paul makes quite an interesting point there because, you know, Bruno's got. An opportunity to put himself in the shop window here. He's going to be interim managing one of the biggest clubs in the world for, I don't know, it could be a game, it could be 10 games, we don't know. But he's got an opportunity here if he has any aspirations to be a manager. I mean, look at what Vincent Company's doing at Burnley, for example, to put himself in the shop window and get yeah. a decent job. So if I'm Bruno Salter, I'm thinking, I'll do it my way because what have i got to lose man what have i got to lose so let's yeah. let's not do what fucking potter did do what i i would how i would do it he's a football player he should know football go and do it your own way son and and give yourself an opportunity to get in the shop window and get us some bloody results tony
1: yeah i couldn't agree more i think i, I think part of his press conference was probably a bit of bluffery. i think there's a bit of ideology going on there with you know trying to say well you know i've been in touch or, or whatever i so I don't think he would I, I think also Potter would have been basically it, although is they, they, agreed to help with the smooth transition of it or whatever I don't think they are going to sack a, a manager and then ask him to help Bruno pick the team I think Bruno will want to be in with the players I think uh, we, we might be pleasantly surprised like, I, I actually think we're going to get done tomorrow uh, our record against Liverpool in recent years is fucking dismal Do you, you, want, to you, know, do you want to know how bad it is? Well, I, I can see what you've written here, which is. Well, we haven't. The
0: we haven't won. We've won only three times at Stamford Bridge against Liverpool since 2008. Yeah. So 15 years. We've won three, drawn four, lost seven. Yeah. I mean, overall, it's not too shabby, actually. And since the Premier League, sorry, since football was invented, uh, we've won 14, drawn eight, lost nine. And it's 64 won, 44 drawn, 84 lost in total, home and away. Yeah. So, but I mean, it's it's not been too clever recently. They've, an,
1: they've had an Indian sign over us lately. Lately, no yeah. It, right, and they've lost three on the bounce, haven't they? They've got a bit of a tangling from yeah on on, on Saturday. So I, I'm, you know, the, my mate who I travel up to football, he said, "Well, they'll be they'll be on their asses," you know. And I said, "I think they'll be completely opposite. I think they'll be burning, absolutely burning to put something right." Um, and, and if you're in that mood. Why wouldn't you pick on a weak, wounded, battered co- team lacking in confidence with an interim manager? Why wouldn't you? If I was Klopp, I'd be saying, like, "Go out there and absolutely do this lot." But well, you know, I don't, I don't. I think it's too much for Bruno. I admire. No one's going to turn it down. He was never going to go. Oh, look, look Grandpa has been making going to do it. They've obviously said, you know, look, it's an interim. He wants a shop window. We may be pleasantly surprised. Um, Look, if we if we walk away from tomorrow with a draw, might I'll be happy with that yeah. because after Saturday, well, I quite. We
0: Paul, do you do you think do you think we might get a new manager
3: bounce? Uh, I got there's that chance, you know. I would say Liverpool are vulnerable right now, you know, because it's not just that one result on Saturday; they've had a bit of a skid, you know. And um, I, so I do, and I think you do get that shackles off feeling, maybe. From whatever is going on again it's down to do they are players in their right positions where they're comfortable so they can really play at their best this fixture generally the kind of form book goes a little bit out the window because we both teams are up for it because of the history there are still people in that dressing room that get that and hopefully we'll kick you know make sure that, that everybody else gets that and now everybody's chance to shine whoever gets picked by this guy you know he's going to also want to get picked next game so there's that side of it I worry about all these signings the long contracts because if Madrid doesn't work out if any of these guys don't work, out, we're stuck with them for a long time so that's a bit of a worry but tomorrow I got I don't know I on on Saturday I was like no chance I'm really fearful for this game but I don't know it could be I uh, I've got a I've got a sneaky two one about it I think we might just Nick it
0: yeah JK, just to fill you with huge optimism here, uh, Chelsea have failed to score in four of their seven home Premier League games this year, having won two, drawn two and lost three. Um, We've also got a very poor record in midweek Premier League fixtures, having won just three of our last 13 such games, drawn six, lost four. Mind you, Liverpool have won each of their last nine midweek Premier League games, uh, although they have suffered five defeats from their eleven. premier league fixtures in 2023 and actually they've had eight away defeats uh, which equals their tally from the prior three seasons combined
2: it's got a draw written all over it hasn't it uh, nil nil mate nil nil oh, mate nil, nil, all over it all over
0: it yeah a cheeky a cheeky nil nil mate yeah. Not both
2: sides too scared to lose scared to dance. you present when bubble? that bloke used to say that Chig, when the bloke used to shout would you ever encounter him Bloke, uh, uh, he always used to on the on the terraces. Always got nil nil written all all out. I I don't
0: know if it's the same bloke. I've had there have been plenty of blokes at Sanford Bridge who opined that at the beginning of a match. Whether it's the same one, I don't know. But I've I've heard it's. This is normally
2: after about forty minutes. Right, right. No, I don't know. Maybe maybe never at the beginning. No, no, no. It's after they've been watching it. I think it was Uh, the same bloke used to do it. Sorry, Paul. Sorry,
3: sorry. No, as I was say, Salah early goal. I think is the like, a bit like Saturday for them, and then we'll you know, but we'll be up for it. I think. Well, I think we'll be up for it. This there'll something will happen. I honestly, I honestly, feel like the players were were really, you know, the Potter situation wasn't strong, and it never got better. It never got better, and I think there will be a bounce. I do really think we might get, we'll have the edge because of it. Hmm. There'll be a little bit of a kick in their step because when they, they you know. You, what we have seen is that some of these players connect well with the ball. They can do the one-touch passing. When we transition quickly, we've done a lot of that well, and then we've just bollocks it up in the final third immediately. But there's been signs of some of these players being able to play well together. So I'm, I'm confident that that it, that with that little kick in their step, we might just be able to nick it. I don't know. I'm yeah. um, probably he might be right about Neil new as you say, too scared to lose. But I I feel like. There's people who want to make a point here, you know. Put me in my position, I'll play well.
0: Uh, May I'm 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 all for that. I'm 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 loving the excuse me. I'm loving the optimism here. Um But anyway, Tony, you're going for one-one.
1: Uh, I'm gonna I am gonna be optimistic and say one-one. All right, yeah. but I just, well, I I just don't think we're in the right place yet to start exacting. Revenge on
3: remember me. when Mourinho left the last time? Yeah, his next game, Oscar and everybody who had been crap the whole time all played out of their skin.
1: Yeah, it was like I, so- hope, I genuinely hope you're right, Paul. I just Saturday bruised me. You know, I I can't remember ever leaving a game early, but I was just so downbeat about what I'd seen that, that I. You were in
0: such a good mood before the game as well, mate. And I was,
1: chit. We were all, right, weren't we? Let's face it. I don't think any of us in the in the pub garden were were thinking, you know, uh, that we'd lose. I think we most of us thought we might get a draw or or, or, or sneak a win. Um, but it, I, you know, I mean, you get this criticism as well from some of the fans who aren't at the games, or some of them that are at the game, saying, you know, the fans need to do more and all this. Well, you know, the, the team generates the atmosphere. The team generates the excitement and the and the passion. Otherwise, people will start sitting there going, fucking hell, what am I watching here? I could be down the pub. And, and seriously, I felt like that. And and so I'm, I'm, I hope that Paul's right. I, I like uh, I liked his uh, term that Liverpool have had a bit of a skid. I do like that. I'm going to use that more often um, because I think they are in a bad place. But I don't think their bad place compares to ours at the moment. Um, and Klopp, who... Oddly enough, maybe coming to the end of his term at, at Liverpool, I just wonder whether or not he, he would ever be in the frame for us. But that's another subject altogether. But mm, I like I, well, I like him. I've always I've always liked him. I know he's a bit of a he can be a bit of a.
0: You like him because he's me. got a beard, mate.
1: <laughs> yeah, but also I quite like he he went into Liverpool when he got them. Yeah, yeah. He, he went out of his way to 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 get what they were about, um, and that doesn't make him a bad manager. Um, I, in fact, he's a very good manager. Um, and let's face it: had we got in before Liverpool, we'd probably be quite happy with him. I'm Scott, I've got, I've um, got, I've
0: got to interrupt here, Tony, because I'm getting grief yeah. for picking Cucurello. I'm not saying I want Cucurello <laughs> there. I'm just saying that's who <laughs> I think they're going to bloody pick, mate. You know, for <laughs> it's God's a sake. Difference, yeah, I mean, I, I would, yeah. I would put Baddy Ashiel on the left, Culibali in the middle, and uh, Trevo on the on the right because yeah. I like Trevo, yeah. but I don't think they will. Not, not 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 an ex Brighton player who's now our interim manager. Sorry, Tony. I needed to I needed to yeah, mount a defence right. there. I think you know.
1: Yeah. No. So I I will stick with my stick with my one one. All right. And then sit there through the game with my fingers crossed, my buttocks. Clenched. You going? You going tomorrow? Murray? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I, I I wasn't. I was determined. But now something.
0: you're excited again because there's no Potter, uh, right?
1: Uh, well, because cause my expectations are so shattered. And so low that I just think I can't see anything as bad as I did on Saturday or Southampton. And like I said, although they were defeats, nothing, 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 nothing was as dismal as that nil-nil Fulham. Everton
0: have equalised. Well done, Paul. Great stuff. OK, 1-1 from Tony. Paul, you're going 2-1? Yeah, 2-1. 2-1 from me. 2-1 from Paul. J.K. 2-0. 2-0 to the Chelsea?
2: No, to Liverpool.
1: (laughs) Seriously, no. That, that's an absolute first. If Jake, are you seriously said, going to nil Liverpool? Something worse than me. That is an absolute. That's the first time. This is history, folks. You, is it, I,
2: I don't know if he's playing around with us or not. I have no clue, Chidge. I have no clue. We've got to. It's so dependent on the bounce back, the team he picks, the. Uh, the refereeing, the idiocy of And we've defending. got Taylor tomorrow as well, haven't we? Well, you know, therefore, we, it's going to be... So we're 2-0 down already? Ridiculous, because he's just bizarre. Guess, is how is much
3: damage is? has been done, right? With, with yeah. the yeah. mentality of the team under Potter. Yeah. But as I say, I think there might be a, a, a kick-on from that, that, OK, the t- it, wh- whoever's coming, it's going to change now. It isn't going to be what that last six months was. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm, be I'm going to go balls out here, and I'm you're going to. I'm I'm probably going to be certifiable because of this. I'm going to go three-one Chelsea.
2: Liverpool are absent. Chich- I said three-nil on um uh on the pr- pr- predictions, Prem predictions. Okay to Chelsea but I'm just after we've had this discussion I've now got more depressed about it. No
0: no. I I I think I think I think I'm going to go just to cheer you up. I'm going to go 3-1, 3-1 Chelsea. You're going 2-0. You don't really know but 2 no, no. Okay. Paul 2-1, Tony 1-1. There we go. We rest our case. Let's bloody hope they do something because otherwise I've got to go all the way up to from Winchester to tomorrow, come all the way back and then I'm up to London again on Wednesday and Thursday. Very irritating. Anyway, uh, I I hope it's all worthwhile. Right, that is all we got time for tonight. Uh, J.K. and I will be back on Friday to look back at the Liverpool match and ahead to Saturday's match against the Wolves. Uh, we will be joined by another fan caster as yet unknown, because I haven't finished the schedule yet. Um, but there you go. I will do so tomorrow, I promise. Uh, now, uh, Patreon, if you like what we do, you can become a Chelsea Fancast patron and help us cover the cost of running two shows a week to continue to produce what we believe is a unique podcast and all things Chelsea. Right. Please feel free to donate whatever you want per uh, month at patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. And if you sign up to Patreon, you will be entitled to a Kerry Dixon banner uh, and can join our wonderful Discord group uh, when you can talk to the likes of me and Tony and Paul, JK occasionally. Mm-hmm. Plenty of other lovely people, many of whom you'll find on Mixler on a Monday and a Friday night. And I, I, can, I can direct this to Paul as well. I've got two weeks off this week. No, no counselling for me for the next two weeks. I will have time, therefore, to send off a massive lot of Kerry Dixon banners to people who have signed up recently. Paul is looking very happy about that. There may even be a few signed ones amongst them. Yes, he's even more excited by that prospect. Jolly good. Right, um, in off the post. We've got loads of emails from you this week. Um, I don't know if I can do a show this week. I'll have to negotiate. I'll get my people to speak to JK's people and see if we can squeeze one in. But football tomorrow night. I'm out to dinner on Wednesday and Thursday night and we're recording another show on Friday night. So it's
2: not looking likely. It's your week off those, isn't it, We might be able to do it in the day.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not on Wednesday or Thursday or Friday morning because I'll be in London. I won't be in my studio, darling.
2: Uh, how are you fixed tomorrow? I could do it tomorrow. Yeah.
0: Are you free lunchtime. tomorrow?
2: Yeah, lunchtime. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we
0: could do one at lunchtime, man. No, yeah, yeah. we should do that.
3: Man. Okay. okay. I'll,
0: I'll send you some. I'll send you the emails to read. Then. Well yeah. done, Old Bean. There you go. That, that's that's my uh, uh, doing the allotment, gone down the Swanee. But hey, the things I do for you, bloody people. You no, know, if
2: you wanted, you, I could do it. You know, after the game.
0: No, mate. Well, uh, no. <laughs> You've got to <laughs> do a fan by your silly ass, Mate, we'll do it tomorrow lunchtime. I like that idea. I'll I'll, I'll speak to you after the show. Right, so there you go. In uh, off the posts. If you want your emails read out, Patreon, Instagram post or tweet to be read out on the show, then let me have them and then it will be done. The email address is chelseafancast at gmail.com. Now, you can follow the show on all the social media at Chelsea Fancast. Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, me at Stamford Chidge, Tony at Grocer Jack UK
3: and Paul at... Which one? What? Sorry, which? What's your Twitter address? <laughs> oh, my Twitter? Yeah, I'm um, at Paul underscore Crowder.
0: There you go. Well, I thought you were Crowderville once upon a time.
3: Uh, I, Yeah, not on Twitter now. Crowderville on Instagram I was, but now I'm actually the real Paul Crowder Instagram. So I had to change accounts. it got um, messed up. And uh, yeah, at, at Paul underscore on Crowder on Twitter. Of
0: course. And yeah. so you can find Paul anyway on Discord, upsetting people left, right and centre. It makes me... My favourite thing to do. It it makes me... Excited.
3: Makes me giggle, man. I know. I'm I'm a bit... I like to, you know, poke the bear. You do. Whenever possible. I
0: know. Anyway, keep poking away, mate. Mate, uh, it's been fantastic having you on the show. As I said, um, you know, I know know we have a few text exchanges a lot, but it's nice to actually see you in the flat... Well, see you from afar, but actually see you. Lovely. And have you on the show again. It's
3: been a long time, mate. absolute pleasure to be back. Can't thank you enough for having me as a guest. It's uh, an absolute pleasure and an honour. And it's just delightful to see you, even though you're sort of fading in and out of your uh, green screen sort of thing. Yeah, it's um, a
0: pretty it, shit green screen, mate. I mean, <laughs> talk, <laughs> this it. reminds me of Top of the Pops era chroma key from the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some
3: eighties video. But and lovely to actually nice conversation in as a visual feast with Tony and J- JK especially. Yeah, yeah so it's, it's really been good. Been to, a pleasure. Yeah, I can't wait to see you all in England very yeah. soon. I have. Yeah, I, this it's summer, been mate. A
2: great show, Paul. You've been fantastic. It's been really yeah, good. really excellent. I've been getting nice little messages from people saying, "What a great show!" So well oh. done. Great. Well, thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. And um, uh,
3: anytime you need me, I'm, I'm happy to do it again.
0: Yeah, lovely stuff, mate. Well, hopefully, I'll catch up with you for a beer or ten in the summer. I'm looking forward to that already. So, or maybe and a curry. Time. See, last time I saw you, we went for a curry, didn't we? Lovely,
3: Ruby. Yeah, we yeah. did with a beautiful.
0: Triz. Well, I was about to say, that wasn't the last time I saw it. It was the last time I spoke to Tritz kind of properly. I mean, I think I saw her at the ground after that, but very poignant, that for, for yeah, us absolutely. all. absolutely. Yeah.
3: It turned out to be it was in uh, horrendously, you know, yeah, the last time. Yeah, very
0: desperately sad. And of course, we have Paul with us, so I think when we get together for a Ruby, we need to get Paul out as well.
3: Absolutely, yeah. I, I love Paul to death. Yeah, I, me too. You know, I don't text with him enough, but I, do, I try and stay in touch with him as best as possible. He's yeah. great.
0: That's Likewise, good sentiments there, mate. Lovely, Tony. As always, delightful to see you, mate. We've it had was brilliant,
1: wasn't it? Yeah. And I, I feel quite honoured that I got on to be on the night that Paul Crowder um rocked a, the house a, a, a return visit. And that honestly, because we've talked so many times on Twitter, and I mean, even only last week we were talking about Adam Hartmother and um uh, uh, and um my recommendation that he should try listening to the Nick Mason. Combo uh, where they've done all the pre-Sid Barrett, uh, the pre-dark side of the moon, Floyd stuff.
2: I know um, the keyboard but, player
1: with the wonderful, wonderful Gary Kemp. I I, I got a newfound respect for that man. Um, he he's just fantastic to watch as a musician. But um, and and we so we have these little chats from time to time, and we disagree about football quite often, but we always end up with a virtual Twitter handshake and a respectful. Um, you know, we 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 agree to differ, and I so it's been lovely to meet you. Like, it's fantastic, and I can't wait if you're over here in the summer to, to to shake you by the hand, probably, mate. There we go, yeah. lovely. Cheers all round, sure.
0: Lovely, lovely, lovely. And last, but by no means least, my long-suffering partner in crime, and I'm sorry if I was a bit grouchy tonight. I'm a bit tired, J.K. I accept
2: your apologies. Very nice of you. No, friend.
0: well, I'm I'm tired because I have wrestled with a fucking greenhouse that doesn't work. It's pissed me off, mate. I'm not good at that shit, you know. Us creatives, you know, I'm not good with me hands like that, you know. I was, I've got artist hands. What can I say? I'm not a builder, but there you <laughs> go. But yeah, mate, lovely to see you as always, and a tip-top show I think tonight.
2: Yeah, really uh, excellent, really excellent. Yeah,
0: well done, old bean. Uh, um, uh, yeah. Hopefully, we'll do uh, an in-off-the-post tomorrow lunchtime. I like the sound. I've got lots of admin to do anyway, so I shouldn't really be wandering off to the allotment. So I shall be doing some work in the morning, going for a swim, and then I'll come back and do an in-off-the-post.
2: Lovely. i better get up early then.
0: Yeah, well, mate, it'd be about one o'clock, half one. I've got to leave at three, uh, 3.30 to get to the food bar. So, you know. There we go. Right, it's been brilliant fun tonight. I've really enjoyed it. Uh, I really have, for so many, so many reasons. Uh, I hope you lot have enjoyed it too. So thank you for listening. See you Friday. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, keep it chills. Hey
2: blue
1: boys,
3: he
0: It's the 90th minute. All your mates around You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well...